Welcome to the Sports Honchos Radio Show, part of the Go Sports Media Company Radio Network. We're hoping you're here because you've just about had it with everyone and everything else. And you're looking for a pair of good-looking guys to tell it like it is, like it was, and how it should be. Or maybe you've got nothing else to do right now and you just need to waste some time. Either way, you might as well turn it up because it's time for the boys to get in your face, under your skin, over the top, and out of bounds. And now, here are your honchos, Paul Cuthbert and Robert Cuny. Are you ready, Mr. Cuny? I am fully dilated, Mr. Cuthbert. Well, let's go! Welcome to the Sports Honchos. It's the Super Sunday Hangover Show on this Wednesday, February 10th. 2021, yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert, holding down the Honcho's headquarters here in New York, and let everybody say hello to my good friend in the great state of Maryland, Mr. Robert Cuny. Robert, how are you? Greetings and uh, salutations, and it's over. My what? life is over. My life what? ended Sunday night about mm, 10 o'clock, 10, oh. 15 or so, and now I just have to, you know, sit in a dark room until, you know, August when preseason begins but somehow i promise i will muddle through the next six or seven months and do you know the same high quality showgram get a life that you've get a become life, accustomed to. i've tried getting a life for years it's just not working otherwise i'm doing well how are you mr Cuthbert? doing good man hey i'm doing good can't complain no snow this week just what's left on the side streets yeah, the we governor some... today is opening up some capacity here in New York, and we can start going to games and restaurants right. and shows. So uh, all of us here in the entertainment industry and the business and stuff, we're all a little uh, happy about this. Slow and steady, smart, safe. Right. But we got some we got some snow coming down right now. In fact, if you look, not that anybody can, if you look at the weather app on my phone, it's just all snowflakes for the rest of the week going into the weekend. So. What we'll are you see, gonna do, pal. Are you going to be okay? I'll, I'm going to be fine. I got you know plenty of frozen food. You're going to be hanging out with the uh, Super Bowl MVP, Mister Tom Brady, down at one of the local bars down in Tampa. Yeah. Man, Tom he Brady's was, he's a little busy. Right he's now. living his life, man. He and I are pals. You know, all of us at Ingleside have to stick together. So, you know, we we, we text each other. Actually, at, at our age, we use those phones with the big buttons they made in the '70s and '80s. You know, the eyesight's the first to go. Well, so you, you did see the video says. of him uh, stumbling out of the bar today, right? I, I missed that. I also missed the video of him throwing the Lombardi trophy to Gronk Ooh, like it was a football. That That's fantastic. That was at least – at least Gronk caught that one. Uh, apparently, Chris Godwin, who's also known for his stone hands in the playoffs, threw his phone to Scotty Miller, and it landed right in the drink. <laughs> right in the gulf there. So, oh, you know, man. hey, kids, important safety tip from your safety honchos. If you're going to win the Super Bowl and you're going to be out on boats as a parade, as a COVID alternative to parade, try not to throw anything from one boat to another, okay? Does the trophy float? Who knows? Probably not. But if anybody's going to go in after it, it'd be Gronk. Yeah. Big, dumb Gronk. Me, Gronk. Hulk smash. <laughs> Catch trophy. Stanley Cup floats. Gronk. Look at, oh, sure. I tell you what, you know, Champa Bay... I like that. I what do they that. call it? What's 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 the other Champa one? Champa Bay, Tampa Bay. Yeah. The, okay. Uh, the city of champions has been taken. But Congratulations. Yes. So my prediction came through. Um, I was uh, six points off of my final score for the Buccaneers. 
But I did right. say they would win because Eli was not in the building, and it happened. Now, we are going to talk quite a bit about this game and this production and this extravaganza that was held. We are. In the wonderful open skies and open stands of Tampa Bay. Do you find that weird? I mean, again, folks, it's too bad. I mean, COVID's going to be part of the show until COVID goes away. But Which should be about 2027, so buckle yeah. up. But <laughs> real quick before we... Uh, start the show here just um isn't it it's, i felt weird watching tampa bay and the people mingling and hanging out and <laughs> just all about like like it's nothing it's like this you know this this vision of this normalcy and then obviously right. there was all the crazy stuff after the win and everybody in the streets like we've seen in alabama after roll right. tide won um and in notre dame after they won the uh, against Clemson that day, but how did you feel just watching that? And then later on, we'll, we'll talk the game later. Well, I'll tell you, when I first started watching the game and I looked at the stands from afar, I said, this is not 25,000 people. It looked, as I tell my friends all the time, that stadium looked as packed as Elvis's colon. But then when they did a tight shot of the stands, they did a good job of blending in the cardboard cutouts and the actual people. So it wasn't what looked like 70,000 screaming, unmasked, you know, knuckle draggers. Um, it was good to see wow, fans in the... That's pretty... Br- knuckle draggers, huh? Yeah, you're going to hear that... You're going to hear that you one like again later in the band, show. like this travel so you don't have to worry about going down, and you hopefully don't have to worry yeah. about coming people up to your house. Right. Um, but no, it was good to see fans in the stands. It sounded like a football game. It didn't sound like a Super Bowl because there weren't as many fans there. But remember, we were in the state. We were in DeSantis land. The first governor to go full Leroy Jenkins into reopening the state, into saying, COVID, meh, never heard of it. Let's go. Let's go. Everybody all in. We're going to go, you know, like a veterinarian delivering a baby calf, elbows deep into freedom, baby. And that's what we saw. That's what we saw on the streets of Tampa and everywhere else in Florida where they were celebrating uh, their victory. So that part was annoying, not unexpected. I mean, it is Florida after all. Um but it was good that they got – they did it right with the fans, I guess. Didn't look like there was much social distancing amongst fans in the stands. The pods they were talking about before the game I don't think really existed. Um, somebody asked me today, my friend Chris, follow at Chris Morelli on Twitter. Hold on. Whoa, That's for him. whoa, whoa. How, uh, how much are we getting for that plug? Hey, he's he's my best friend from college, so he gets one free I plug I don't care. Year. I get a contract. That's his one, that's his one free plug. I'll send plug. you an invoice. All right, I'll I'll put the bill in the mail to him. Anyway, he asked me he because I put out a tweet today that when it had we showed um, Arians and and Jason Light, the coach and general manager of the Bucks, on the Arians? boat during the parade. Like white supremacist? Bruce, yeah, Bruce Arians. No, not those Arians. <laughs> oh, not like the hat. Because I like hate those is. Arians. I hate those kind of people. Except for the hats they make. Oh, that's a that's a joke from before the show. See, if we recorded what we said before the show, it'd be another great bonus DVD. Anyway, those are coming out. A, yeah. And the bonus yeah, DVD is the right. pre-show conversation <laughs> right, exactly. before the show. There there was a, a, a video of of Jason Light, the general manager and Bruce Aaron's the head coach on a boat as part of the parade, their parade boat. And I tweeted out because I'm a snarky asshole. I said, uh, where's the boat with uh, Kraft and Belichick? I don't see it, Elaine. And I put that out, and then Chris responded. He goes, better question, why are they having the parade in the middle of a pandemic? And I said, you know, that's an excellent question. I have no answer for that. Because it's on the water, that. and COVID right. only happens on cruise ships on the water. 
Right. So, right, exactly. Didn't we, I remember we started this. Every cruise ship shut down. The floating Petri dish that is a cruise ship, they all just went they, – they, if you'll pardon the expression, they all went under. Ooh. So, hey, let's put people back on boats again, although it's obviously far less than a cruise ship. So Man, it's nice to see – for I just asked you if you felt creepy deepies watching the game. Well, if you had said creepy deepies, like you know Velma from Scooby-Doo, there's another Scooby-Doo reference for you. I probably would have answered Jinxies. It sure was creepy. <laughs> All right, we got lots to talk about tonight. An announcement or two as well. So uh, why don't we roll on here with your um, brr, cold open? Brr, the cold oh. open. Okay, so you know Sunday, Sunday is a Sunday. very important day. By the way, as an aside, as we keep the Super Bowl theme rolling, I'm glad the Super Bowl wasn't postponed by a week because this Sunday coming up is Valentine's Day. And although I have a great girlfriend who I love dearly and will do anything for me, I don't know that I could swing the whole, hey, why don't we have a Valentine's Day brunch because the Super Bowl will be on. So because it's it's Valentine's Day coming up, I was going to ask you because I know you when you when you look at Paul Cuthbert. The first thing you think of is romance. Yes. Now, how long have you and the the unluckiest I, woman in the world, Mrs. Cuthbert, been married? Um, Fourteen years. You better get that one right because we're being recorded. <laughs> Fourteen years. So I'm not going to ask about is the romance still in your marriage, but do you guys do anything for Valentine's Day or is it just That's another none of day? your business? That's I didn't ask absolutely about absolutely none of your business. Do you do anything vertically? For Valentine's Day. Again, that's none of your business. Okay, so (laughs) if you're looking for ideas on what to do, again, vertical ideas for Valentine's Day, here's two of them for you. You know, because after all, how many bouquets of flowers can you send? How many of – I almost said another would-be sponsor. How many baked goods can you send – uh, stuffed animals, cards, balloons? It's it's enough already. Okay, those things are fine, but if you're looking to go a little less traditional, here's two ideas for you. One, which, of course, because we're so timely here in the sports on shows, it's too late for, but probably for next year, our good friends at Kraft Mac and Cheese. Love those guys. Now have, for Valentine's Day, uh, are you ready? It's Kraft, wait for it, Candy Kraft Mac and Cheese. No way! That's right. Get out! So, what, so it's the same, you know, gooey, toxic, radioactive sludge, yellow cheese with the pasta. But then you also get a little packet, a little more, you know, chemical imbalance for you that turns the mac and cheese pink with just a hint of sweet candy flavor. Now, I know what you're asking. What? what? Golly, Rob, what a great idea for Valentine's Day. Could I just run down to my local insert supermarket here and grab a few boxes off the shelf? Sadly, no. Uh, Kraft was having a a contest, promotion, whatever you want to call it, that of course uh, ended two days ago, where if you go to the Kraft, Candy Kraft Macaroni and Cheese dot com website, enter a random drawing for a thousand boxes. I'm sorry, a thousand winners. You don't get a thousand boxes. A thousand winners get a delightful box of the Kraft candy mac and cheese. So sadly, that is over. Maybe next year. You know, it worked out so well with their pumpkin spice mac and cheese. And then... No way. They have pumpkin spice mac and cheese? They did. Talk about gross. And then here's another good idea for you. And then we're going to get into a nice heartwarming wintertime love story in the spirit of Valentine's Day. Again, 
candy, flowers, baked goods, stuffed animals, meh. Okay, this is the winner right here in my hot little hand. From the Maine Lobster Now or Hancock Gourmet Lobster Company, you, for the low, low price of $83.49 or $109.99, get four or six not delightful long stem roses, but four to six lobsters. What? If you want to send your loved one a bouquet, it's not too late for Valentine's Day, a bouquet of lobsters. Mm, delicious. Can't you can't add much this every, every bouquet. Oh, it's, it's four lobsters. I'm sorry. Sorry. Lobster tails. Four lobster tails oh, okay. for $80, $83. Six lobster tails for $110 with uh, – Little uh, sticks with tags that read, tails are red, oceans are blue, Maine lobster is sweet, and so are you. Wow, that's disgusting. It also has cooking details, you know, in case you actually want to eat the lobster tail. So there you go. There are a couple of non-traditional things that you can do for your loved one, for your significant other, for whomever you choose to spend this day with. And remember, kids, the next day is a holiday. So you can stay up extra late on Valentine's Day. The next day is President's Day, so go nuts. Wow. In a presidential way. So, Rob, so the listeners yes, want sir. to know, what are you doing? What are you doing for the lady? Oh, I, so. Since I'm you're going to be off the next day. I'm going to pull. Uh, are you getting some lobster tails? Lady, little lady is not off the next day, so oh. we'll have to go to bed at, you know, 7 o'clock because we're older. Uh, well, you know, because we can't actually go to a restaurant, we'll. Find a restaurant that we like. We'll get some uh, takeout. I'll bust out the steak knives that I now have proudly <laughs> that I used, you know, three times so far since I've gotten them. And uh, that'll be Valentine's Day. And we'll watch something, we'll watch a romantic movie like the movie Unhinged with Russell Crowe. <laughs> Talk about a feel good, show. sweet, <laughs> good time vibes, old time love affair, old time romance right on the Hallmark Channel. So, well, speaking of Hallmark, I, you just said you had a nice wintertime story for us i did i did so i again we, it, it snowed last weekend lots of snow philadelphia right, you know and new york America. But, but we'll have the station note here real quick yes okay we'll, we like to have fun here at the honchos this next story is a little wacky it's we, it's not we, funny it's absurd it's absurd and yeah. we first want to send our condolences out to right all the family members and friends I don't want to make light of it, yes, I, but it is not it's so just, crazy. It, it is. It is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. That's where you're going to find this story in the cereal aisle of life. It's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. I say that you know, tongue-in-cheek about the good, old-fashioned, feel-good Hallmark Channel winter story, but just when you think you've heard it all, yes, just, just when, when you, you think, think you've heard, heard it all, all. Uh, here's a story from... The Grio, <laughs> and I'll just read. Let me read the headline: Three neighbors dead following snow removal dispute in Philadelphia. A dispute over snow disposal has left three Pennsylvania residents dead. Uh, a neighbor in, in Three Plains Township residents were left dead in what authorities are calling a murder suicide. A neighbor shot a husband and wife on Monday during a snowstorm just before 9 a.m. They had apparently been feuding over where to deposit snow. So again, I'm not – there's nothing funny about this. When we say it's it's just absurd, it's insane that just when you think 
you've seen how angry this country can be. Now you have a story about people that shoot each other. And I'm going to spare you most of the details because they're horrible. You can look it up. There's even a video of it. But uh, James Goy and Lisa Goy uh, of this three – what is it? Three Plains Township, Pennsylvania were cleaning their vehicles off and throwing snow onto Jeffrey Spade's property as he was shoveling. He asked them to stop, but once they refused, they started arguing and cursing at each other. And then all hell broke loose. Shots fired. It turns into a murder-suicide. So the message here is this. It doesn't matter how kind you think you're being. It doesn't matter what precautions you think you're taking. If there's somebody you don't know, before you think about doing anything slightly aggressive, whether it's shoveling snow or driving down the highway, again, we we are a, a... a quarantined, shut-in, angry society. And it's gotten to the point where now just shoveling snow can be treacherous. So be careful out there. Be as nice as you can to people. That's really the point of this story. Again, not trying to make light of it, not making fun of it's it. I mean, it's a tragedy. It's but but it's, it's absurd insane. that people would be a shootout. I, I, was snow, I was out there doing a little uh, snow. snow plowing to cut a little piece to put the garbage out, right? You know, in, in the sidewalk part, you know, the snow banks come in from the plows and everything like that. So we got a huge, you know, snow bank. And, uh, you know, I got some stuff I got to put out. And I can't just leave it in the, in the driveway that I've already cleared. I got, I got, to, I got to make a... So here I am. It's about 8.30 last night. And I'm cutting in there. And I'm, I'm worried if one of my neighbors is going to get upset that I'm making a little noise here with my snow plow. Nope. Yeah. You know, it's... after reading that, that's the, right. I'm, I'm traumatized. Right. It's 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 horrible. I mean, all murder and su- murder suicide stories like this, they're all horrible. But the, the fact that it was over snow, shoveling snow, it's just it's it's insanity. So well, be careful out there, everybody. I mean, I mean that's another they've had a, another they, they, didn't like, they obviously didn't like each other. You know, well, I they, mean, didn't know, mis- they barely knew each other. Yeah, you know, but they, they you know, they were bit, you know, they had some little chit chat or whatever. Yeah, they actually had a history of snow issues before, which is yeah. bizarre. Yeah, and I made the mistake of, you know, it's one of those things where you see the video come across and you go, okay, it's probably, you know. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, again, I'm traumatized because I saw the whole thing. And it was just, it was horrible. It was brutal. But I yeah. agree with you, man. Look, times are, um, there's, you know, I am fascinated. There's, there's stories that we don't hear about every day that go on. And, and there's people, you know, that are really at the bottom really struggling tough times right now that we don't we don't know about and you know there by the grace of god go wise the saying and stuff and and you'd be thankful for what you have and everything and then you know but there are touched people out there there are people that are just you know uh just obviously these guys you don't have any patience anymore i mean the couple egged them on they said some terrible stuff but we you've always had those kind of fights with people and you know you 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 talk shit to somebody else and unfortunately in this country you don't know, and this guy comes out with automatic weapons and stuff, and, and this, you just don't know what's going on. So if you don't know your neighbors, if you don't have a good relationship with them, yep. um, this is terrifying that something like this could happen. Yeah, I mean, people used to, I, I've, been, I've been told all the time, you know, don't honk your horn at somebody, at another car, because you never know what's going to happen. And I used to just brush that off and say, come on, get out of here. It's my right as a God-fearing American to drive down the highway and honk my horn. But you know what? <laughs> you read stories like that, you think, uh, you can do whatever you want. Just, you know, don't shoot me because I honk my horn at you. 
Yeah, so. you got to be careful out there, folks. And there's just yep. like I said, there's so much garbage going on there. And yes, we all as humans and citizens of this country and the political divide and all the craziness that's, that's happened here, you gotta you gotta kind of weave in and out of this stuff, and you gotta pick your moments. And for the most part, like I said, right? Um, you know, if you can just let it eh, fly over your shoulder, let it go. Yep. You know, we are your public service honchos. Yes, we're trying to send some positive vibes. Okay, because yep. that's what we like to do here at the sports honchos. And real quick. Yes, sir. we got some great news. And yes, it, and it just officially went over the the Twitter wire, which me and Rob are just you know we are part of that Twitter community, the Twitter sphere, as it were. Yes, but officially today, um, I don't. I think we mentioned this. Of, yes, we did. We we mentioned this about a month ago. Uh, we submitted ourselves to the Dean Blundell Network up in in Canada. Okay, and Dean's a very popular, uh, you know, former terrestrial radio radio host up there. And we've got some, man, another story later on we'll, we'll get into as far as um, the radio uh, networks up there with TSN and, and Bell. But uh, anyway, we submit ourselves to a podcast uh, contest um, to possibly, uh, you know, win some gear and then maybe possibly become uh, part of the network. There was over 450 podcasts entered. Uh, myself and Rob and the Honchos, we came in fifth place. And it was going to be the top winner. The first, you know, the first, the best one out of the five was going to be uh, welcome to the network. And then they were going to get the stuff. So, but what Dean did and the whole crew up there, what they did was they were so they they were so impressed with all five of the finalists, including us, that they decided to keep us all. So today we were officially added to the Dean Blundell uh, podcast network with some just some fantastic shows, uh, music, entertainment, variety, sports. Uh, music, sex talk, all kinds of stuff, just life, and uh, and then Dean's own show, too. So uh, it's just a great uh, network to be a part of. And check out DeanBlundell.com, B-L-U-N is Nancy, D-E-L-L.com, and uh, check out all the shows there. We're going to – we'll continue to keep, uh, you know, setting out some announcements on this, you know, over the next couple of days. But happy to announce uh, officially part of this. And for a small show, uh, we're 18 episodes in. And there are, you know, thousands and thousands of general sports talk shows out there. And obviously, Dean and the guys up there in the network listened to about 450 of them, felt that, you know, we were good enough to be a part of, um, you know, their crew up there. So uh, thank you so much to Dean, uh, Chris, and all the guys up there that, uh, you know, brought us aboard. And uh, we'll, we can't wait to uh, move forward with these guys. And we're all going to support each other as far as uh, other podcast content, what the network's doing. And um, so that's it. Just wanted to announce that today. We're really excited. And again, we just found out today and tonight, again, just feels officially announced by uh, the guys over the network. So cool stuff there, Mr. Uh, Robert Cuny. Yes, we uh, we couldn't be happier. As I just I just mentioned, I mean, how about it? Look at us. Look at our little engine that could podcast getting picked up, getting some notice. Couldn't be happier to the folks, to, you know, Mr. Blundell and to all the folks at DeanBlundell.com and the whole family of podcasts. It's really great. I mean, we, I mean, we're, I'm, I'm humbled. I can speak for, I think we are humbled by this recognition. Um, it's very nice. And Hey, just more, more ears, more eyes, more listeners. Just, you know, we continue to grow. We continue to move forward and that keeps us energized, you know, to do this thing every week for you all. And, um, you know, we don't get, we don't get picked up and noticed unless we do a show that, we're proud of, they're proud of. And that a lot of that comes from the people that in my circle, in Paul's circle, that listen to the show and give us feedback and keep us going and say kind things. And yes, have some constructive criticism where warranted. 
you know, we try to do better. So it's it's a great it's a great moment, and um, we couldn't be happier. Yeah, so, so, we will, so now the pressure's on. Yikes. Yes, and we will <laughs> we will do our best to keep our man parts hidden, covered, yes, and not get banned or censored or anything like that. Okay, so right, that, and no a, Canada jokes. We love <laughs> oh, Canada. Come on, I gotta keep doing Canada jokes. Okay, well that's Paul doing the Canada jokes. Yeah. Pretty soon to be the sports haunt oh, show. You're, you're real <laughs> courageous over there. We can't change, Rob. Just because we've been added, I'll I give it change. to the Canucks. I can change. Hey, Dean, I know if you're the listening, Canucks will give it right back change. to us. I can change, Dean, if you're listening. <laughs> By the way, All I'm right. going to wash. I'm, I'm set to uh, take out Dean's dry cleaning and wash his car <laughs> later on this week. So I might not be back in time for next week's show. All good stuff. Once again, thanks to Dean. And again, check out uh, all the podcasts. And again, uh, we'll be uh, mentioning them, uh, you know, on social media and everything, and tagging them, sharing everything else. And uh, we we can't wait to continue to work with them. Dean D E A N B L U N is in Nancy D E L L dot com. Oh, and with that said, we got some college news. We gotta get going. I missed the drums, Rob. This the drums. I do, I do too. March Madness. It's a fiscal. Yes. They're gonna play have, some hoops. We have Run right here. Dunk the ball. Pass the ball. Give me the ball. Woohoo! It's all about it's all about the ball. I, I could have said something else and I restrained myself. So it's official now, the whole schedule for March Madness, which is, is gonna be a, played. Is that a Canadian accident? No, again, we love Canada. <laughs> Canada, oh Canada. I don't sorry, know the rest eh. of the word. Sorry, eh, I, keep going. Talk about uh, it, eh? Don't be a hoser. There you go. Uh, where was it? Oh, yes, the official. It's official now. The 2021 NCAA tournament will be played in Indianapolis, in and around Indianapolis, you know, because of COVID and travel restrictions and safety and protocols and the whole bubble thing. It's going to be, yes, that's right, bubblicious this year. Of the 67 total games, 55 will be played in Indianapolis. No regionals, no pods, none of that Michigas this year. Um, and that's actually not even the biggest change. Now look, we as sports fans know, especially college basketball fans, that the best time of year is that first weekend of the tournament where there's games all day Thursday, all day Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, you know, you, you call out sick from work on Thursday morning. And you don't leave the couch until Thursday night when you're down to 16 teams. And then the following weekend, games Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday again. Well, I'm not sure why. This Bleacher Report article doesn't really make clear as to why this change has been made. But uh, – the first two rounds, instead of running Thursday to Sunday, will run Friday through Monday. So you still get the Friday, and now the round ends on Monday. Not sure why the change has been made. Maybe it has something to do with the scheduling of all these games in and around the Indianapolis area. Um, but again, the first round, the first two rounds, excuse me, instead of Thursday through Sunday, it's going to be Friday through Monday. For the, uh, the first four, that's the dopey play-in games are Thursday, March 18th. Uh, normally they've been held on a Tuesday and a Wednesday, so you still get your Thursday games, but not the full cavalcade noon to midnight games you usually get on Thursday. Uh, the round of 64 will take place March 19th to the 20th. Second round begins Sunday the 21st, continuing to March 22nd. The final four is April 3rd, and the championship game April 5th. 
Selection Sunday, which is an hour or two of your life you'll never get back again, is March 14th at 6 o'clock. Also, in related news, the Big Ten tournament, which is usually in Chicago, has also moved to Indianapolis. So look for more teams to have their conference tournaments perhaps moved into Indianapolis as well, again, to keep the whole bubble atmosphere uh, COVID protocol thing in mind. Hey, but you know what? They're having a tournament. That's the important thing. Even if they change the day and put it all in Indianapolis, they're still having a tournament. So fret not, college basketball fans. So you so you happy with this? You like what they're doing? Sure. I'm happy, just like we talk about the NHL. I'm happy they're keeping the lights on for the tournament. They're having a tournament. I don't care where it's played, quite frankly, as long as they have the tournament. Yeah, I mean, I think this is just all part of what we got to do here. I mean, obviously, COVID in the NHL right now is, uh, is I mean, messing things up a little bit. But I think this is just part of, I mean, we have to somehow try and move forward. You know, right. even with uh, what they're talking about doing here in New York now and, and opening the valve a little bit. And it, it all depends on the area. I mean, it's, like I said, it's crazy. You, you, you look at what's going down in Florida and Texas. It's a total different world. Um, but for the rest of us here, too, just, you know, a, any kind of sports right now for all of us. And we, we've, we've spoke about this. We're, we're the lucky ones, Rob. Right. Because we get to sit back and watch it. You know, we don't really necessarily have to worry about buying tickets, going to them. The logistics, the operations, the testing, the reporting. And we don't have to plan it, thank goodness. We, yeah, we just have, have to play to because I, I would be exhausted. You know, <laughs> my basketball days are, are long gone, you know, long since gone. I've blown my knee out. So, uh, you know, and I'm a little older to be in that tournament right now. So, I, so in that aspect, um, looking forward to it. We didn't have it last yes. year. No, we so didn't. So now we get it back and everybody can, you know, whatever money you made or lost – in the Super Bowl, you can now put it towards your March Madness. Uh, Absolutely, tourney sheets. We um, no determination that I can find as to how they're going to handle fans. Obviously, they're going to have some. Well, I shouldn't say obviously because it's, it's they're all indoors, so we'll see. That remain the fan thing remains to be seen. But they're going to have it on TV, and it really is. I mean, yes, like every live event, it's for these kinds of tournaments, it's great to be there, but it's a television show, the final four. So even if they can't have fans, the fact that it's going to be on, people will watch, they'll make back some of the revenue they lost from last year. They won't make it back all of it back, but they can at least put a dent in what they lost. I mean, that's a a multi million, close to a billion dollar enterprise that went away. So again, if it keeps the lights on for the tournament, whatever they want to do, however they want to change it, if I have to adjust my schedule to go from Thursday to Sunday to Friday to Monday, yeah, you know, I can be flexible. I'm you okay can do with that. Because, you know, the fabulous life of right. Robert Cuny. I can fall asleep on the couch just as easily on Monday as I can on Sunday. So we'll be good. So do you have a winner picked? Uh, a team oh, that too, plays college basketball early? will win. <laughs> there you go. I'm sorry. I, I'll be even more specific. A men's team. Okay. Okay, we'll win, good. The, win the tournament. That's that's I believe the tip. women's the women are doing the same thing in San Antonio. I'm not really? sure about the the schedule, but they're doing their own bubble tournament. So, all right. So yep. we'll uh, we'll have some some stuff to talk about here uh, in in March, along with um, yep. the NBA here, the NHL, and uh, the MLB and the hot stove and, and all that all right. other stuff. And it looks like we're going to have Major League Baseball um, yeah. with with all their gazillionaires. 
Yeah, oh. we will we will try to have some sort of oh. NCAA tournament preview as we get closer to the tournament. What's nice really? is we our show is here? a Wednesday, and oh. the tournament begins on sort of Thursday, but really Friday. So we'll get you all set up for the tournament in Check's Watch about six weeks. And um, <laughs> refresh my mind here, Rob, as far as the coverage of this. It's primarily is CBS still have the contract, and then and what uh, ESPN, CBS, Turner, they've all got some it, right? ESPN they'll, they'll split it out. It's it's going to be everywhere. But CBS yeah. gets the main games at the end, the Sweet Sixteen, right. and right. Turner and CBS do most of the big games. I think there's a few ESPN games scattered throughout there. Turner, TBS, TNT, the whole network. I believe uh, there's another channel that un- doesn't usually have sports that was covering it. Two years ago, but I can't remember what it was. But it's the whole Turner, TNT, TBS, CBS family. And there's another channel, again, that doesn't usually cover sports, but they have it there. Newsmax? They're going to do it? I don't know if it's Newsmax. <laughs> but it's it's a, a channel that I you would wouldn't ordinarily... I would love to see the Newsmax. March it's C-SPAN. Madness. That's what it is. Because they know madness, buddy. Yeah. It's basketball on C-SPAN. Woo! Can you imagine? Wow, well, I snuck that in pretty good, huh? Hey. Yes. All right. I just call I call them like I see it. You know, March Madness, Newsmax Madness. You know, it just kind of correlates. You're you're a good man. Thank you very much. All right. So, um, uh, one last question before we move on. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, University of Maryland uh, chances. We play in the toughest conference, Big Ten college basketball right now, and they're a solid ten and ten. Um. I, they might have to win the tournament to get in, quite frankly. They've stumbled recently, so we'll see. I, I hope Turgeon can get the boys turned around, finish strong. It's not the team that won the Big Ten last year. Last year was a good chance for the Terps. They were co-winners of the Big Ten regular season. Obviously, we didn't get a tournament, a Big Ten tournament, or the NCAA tournament. So we'll see this year. Um, they might have a hard road ahead of them. Again, might have to win the Big Ten tournament to get in. So, and why are you laughing at me? <laughs> Any update on the possible change of the name Terps as it may be offensive to, to Turtles? <laughs> hey, now, listen. listen they, they can't take everything away Hear from me. Hear a grown man talk about the Terps. They've already, they've already taken away that other name. They can't take the Terrapins away from me. All right. By the way, they've officially renamed Aunt Jemima to some sort of mill company. I, I, I just Wrong. remembered as we're Don't sitting like here, Don't like keeping it. the same color scheme, but they're doing away with, you know, anti Jemima and the whole thing. And it's now something mill milling company. It's right. goes back to when the syrup was it? first made. Do you use, are you still going to buy it? I'm not a, I'm not a pancake waffle or French toast guy. So I don't really buy syrup. Well, that explains a lot. Yes. And everybody gives me grief for it. I do not like your bread based, Breakfast pastries. Oh. A bagel? Yes. It's not a pastry. No, no bagels, man. That's... A donut? That's the exception. All right. Well. It's time! Hey, is it baseball time? To move! To the rinks! Ah. The Hogwoods! Yes. And some MLB hot stove. Get ready to tap your toes and snap your fingers. Here we go, Rob! Woohoo! I'm shimmying. I love it. Ow! So much going on. Yeah, there certainly is. There's more NHL. than just football. 
NBA, MLB, millionaires, gazillionaires, positive COVID cases, negative COVID cases, arena capacities, people getting suspended, people getting hired. I don't know, Rob. I don't know, Mr. CUNY. Where would you like to start in this segment? One of my favorite segments of the sports house. Oh, I know. I know. You get this tune. Turn it up. Here we go. You get very juiced up. Yeah. On the Dean Blundell Network, buddy. Sight. This is why. Because we're juiced up. Don't tell. Play uh, hockey up there in Canada. Yeah. Play some puck. So we can start with uh, a little basketball, and then we'll move into uh, pucks and baseball. Um. So let's see. Really, the biggest there's two big pieces of news uh, that have come out in the last couple days. Sorry, I got a little distracted there. It's okay, man. Um, it's, a busy, it's a busy night of sports news, buddy. It is. There's night. so much going on. There is um, a lot going on. We have we have two things that are that are causing conflict. Look, really, the on the court stuff is interesting, but you guys can get the box scores on your own. That's not why you come here. You come here to find out what's happening off the court. And there's two disputes right now. One that just popped up earlier today and one that's been going on for a few days now. So let's take the older one first. There's, there's – people are upset about the All-Star game. As you know, most of the leagues have canceled their All-Star games uh, for whatever reason, you, mostly COVID-related and the fact that if you're not going to have fans, why bother? Um, the NBA, though, is pushing forward with a modified – all-Star game. And when I say modified, I mean they're going to have – usually they have a whole weekend, the All-Star weekend culminating the game on Sunday. They have a skills competition Saturday, usually a rookie game or first year versus second year, young stars kind of game on Friday. Uh, this year they're going to go with a one-night Sunday night game that will have a skills competition and the game uh, at State Farm Arena, home of the Atlanta Hawks, and – if you listen to last week's show, uh, Juliana Carlos, last week's Dope of the Week. Oh, um, she, she, I think she's hosting it. Right? Uh, that would be great. If she it was actually awesome. hosting the whole festivities, brilliant. Brilliant Laced marketing job. with profanities in the marketing. Yes. Um, Come to the fucking target. So the players, will, <laughs> the players will come in Friday or Saturday night, leave Saturday or leave Sunday night. Um, they will be allowed to travel throughout the United States if they're not part of the game. Um but they want to. But Silver wants to have the game to have some sort of normalcy, so that it's important to the fans. We all know it's also important to the bottom line of the league to have an all-star game. Um, it is not, as of this point, the league hasn't decided whether it's going to be mandatory. Last year's, I'll put this in quotes, all-star event was optional. This year, the league is toying with the idea of making it um, not optional. But. It's obviously drawn criticism from the usual suspects, led by LeBron James, echoed by Giannis, and James Harden. And I will tell you that you can listen to LeBron James, you can listen to Giannis, you can listen to Chris Paul, Steph Curry, Kyrie Irving and James Harden, whatever they're complaining about. LeBron's just happy he's not the highest paid athlete in California right now. Whatever you're complaining about, if it's James Harden and and Kyrie Irving on your side, you've got no case. But LeBron James doesn't want it. And you know when LeBron James speaks, people listen, sort of. He says, I have zero energy 
and zero excitement about an all-star game this year. I don't even understand why we're having an all-star game. Now, look, he's not the dope of the week. But after I read this, he came tantalizingly close to being the dope of the week. Not because he doesn't want the all-star game. Look, that's fine. If you don't want the all-star game, plenty of athletes have said, I don't want the all-star game. But it's it's what he said and the timing of it. It's it's it, I feel like sometimes athletes, one thing they learn growing up as athletes is is how to be tone deaf because they're so good at it when they get to the professional ranks. He said, short off-season for myself and my teammates, 71 days. Let me just pause right there. Mr. Cuthbert, yes, when sir. was the last time you had a 71-day paid vacation? And an endless <laughs> bank account? I don't mean – yeah, I mean I don't mean you know you just decided to quit a job and not do anything. I mean you know you were given as part of your contract 71 days off. So – He's referring to the time the Lakers had from game six of the finals to opening night against the Clippers, which, by the way, a certain boyishly handsome, bald podcaster said, this is going to be a problem for the teams that played deep in the playoffs with their older players. We're going to, it's going to come back to haunt the NBA, what episode this compressed that? schedule, so on and so forth. You remember what episode that I think was? it was me. Okay. Yeah. I know it and was then, you, so, but and then, do you remember what episode it was? No, I don't. Okay. Uh, my advice, listen to all Go to 18 the podcasts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he continues. Then coming into this season, we were told that we were not having an all-star game, so we'd have a nice little break. Five days in March from the 5th to the 10th, an opportunity for me to kind of recalibrate for the second half of the season, my teammates as well, some of the guys in the league. And then here's my favorite quote. And then they show throw an all-star game on us like this and just breaks that all the way up. So um, pretty much is a kind of a slap in the face. Wow, what an overreaction that is. So I'm sorry, asking you to play one more game for the fans that adore you is a slap in the face? Only taking a 71-day break and then not having five consecutive days off? I mean, I understand. It's rough being a professional athlete. No, there are plenty of people out there. I think I've read this somewhere. There are plenty of people out there that would love to have a job where they had to go to work every day. So you can't say to the people that adore you and worship you, many of whom have suffered, again, from the, you know, the, the ramifications, the collateral damage of this pandemic, to say to them it's a slap in the face to be asked to play more basketball after only having 71 days I'm getting off. The and then he, but then I'm he finishes the here that you, this you eloquent grand players. statement by saying and, – and it's like a little kid who goes, oh, all right, I'll take out the garbage. He said, it's the agreement <laughs> – it's, it's the agreement that the Player Association the league came about. It's out of my hands. I'll be there if I'm selected. But I'll be there physically, but not mentally. Boo who? LeBron. See, I was, I was sensing well, some I sarcasm I, I, from you. Know you. What? I was sensing some sarcasm. Just a little. I mean, just, just a, a, a smidge of sarcasm. I just have to clear this up. Not a listeners, Because sometimes, you know, even me, and I know me and scores of fans of the Honchos here, sometimes we don't know. Whether you're being serious or sarcastic. Sorry, I was being sarcastic. I'll ring the bell when sarcasm (laughs) comes in. For those of you, you know, for our first-time listeners, and for those, all of you along the Dean Blundell family of podcasts who are tuning in to your newest brethren here, uh, when you hear the bell, Rob's now being sarcastic. Yes. So that's going on. It's used for other things, too, and we'll fill everybody in on that as well. 
Yes. Um, so I'm looking at the all-star voting here, um, their, their website. It's very nice, uh, very well done. I would have felt yeah. that they would have taken advantage of to use, uh, let me just flip this here a little bit, this opportunity to sell a lot of advertising on these voting pages. I see AT&T is the top sponsor at the top, so maybe they paid right. a boatload of money for this. So, By the way, it doesn't it 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 doesn't hurt. It, it, I shouldn't say it doesn't hurt. It, it's no coincidence that LeBron at one point was not the top vote getter. Kevin Durant was getting more votes for the All Star game than he was. So maybe this is a little bit of sour grapeitude. But Let I don't me know. ask you, Mister Cuny, how many yes, All Star games, NBA All Star games, have you watched in your lifetime? I used to watch them a lot when I was younger, you but now I just, I just, I don't give a shine. I'm okay, not so, an all-star game but, person. Uh, no, I like the a, baseball all-star game. Hold on. No, we're not going there yet. No, but this is a good question because me and you are of elderly ages. Now, did you watch them more years ago because you were more in tune with the players of that time? Like, do you remember Probably. the last time you watched? I mean, I, when, when Jordan was in his prime, of course, and Shaq had just come into the league, um, and some of the old guard, your birds and your magics were phasing out, um, and then Kobe comes in. So in the 90s and a little bit in the 2000s, I was very much more into basketball and watched. Now I just I don't watch as much. It's not, it's not as much a priority to watch the All-Star game. I just don't feel the same connection to the players. I, I appreciate the Bingo. players. Bingo, that's what I wanted to hear. You don't feel the same connection right. with the players. That is a huge point because I don't feel a connection with the players. Now, it's no disrespect to the players, to the league, to the game. I will absolutely watch. I I don't get crazy about the NHL All-Star game because I'm a hockey guy. But, you know, that's on the the schedule on the calendar every year when they play it. I I don't think they're doing it this year. Um, But the NBA All-Star game... And I, I hope I don't upset you here, but the the Pro Bowl is also oh, another event that the I Pro do Bowl not was watch. a total dumpster fire. Okay, I wish they would right. just so get I, rid of it. So I had to be careful. You talked about being in a dark room at the beginning no, no, of the show it's, because football it's, was over. No, I just it's want one to make sure I can't stand. that you Ugh. don't have any, oh, no. you know, deep, you know. It's the root canal of sports. Feelings the for the Pro Bowl, the, you know. Yeah, the it's the root canal of sports. The Pro Bowl. <laughs> You know, I don't. I don't know if you have, you know fantasy. I don't know if you do fantasy football for the Pro Bowl. Do people no. do that for the Pro no. Bowl? I mean, I, see, I don't even no, know. In, it works. in fact, it used to be after the Super Bowl, but it was such a, a an afterthought and such a, a who cares moment. They said, let's put it the week before the Super Bowl during the downtime, so there's still momentum for football. You know, having the Pro Bowl after the Super Bowl is the dumbest idea ever. So, okay. even then, yeah. I didn't watch it. What about the NASCAR All Star Game? <laughs> you know, one. I you know trying, me. Let's try to trick you there. That's all right. I love now, the left-hand turns, but no, right. I don't watch the. All right, so now the uh, MLB All-Star Game. All right, now years yes. ago in my younger days, twenties, uh, Thursdays, it was a big thing for me. Was to, that was? It's usually a Tuesday night. It would, yes, it Tuesday and July. Yeah, some beautiful summer's night in July. Boom, mm-hmm. you know, throwing that. I would have the guys over. We'd bring a TV outside. You know, barbecues, beers, brews. And we would just do this annual thing where we would get together and watch it. Because obviously here we're all, you know, Yankees and, and amazing Mets fans. <laughs> um, so, but, so anyway, so recently that that game in the, in the 
the, the MLB and the NHL saw game are two games that I will watch. I will tune. Uh, I look forward to it. I think it's a lot of fun. I think the home run derby um, is a lot of fun too, and obviously the NHL skill stuff is great. Right. Now, like I said, if there's a sale at Costco, <laughs> I I would I would probably go. You know, because you know I can always watch the highlights to either of those games uh, on the video later on. But so that's my take on it as far as like, but I think that was the big thing. That's why I wanted to get out of you is the connection with the players, because I think that's who the game is most important to. And like I said, these guys are, if you're a huge LeBron James fan or, you know, Durant, all these guys, and they are, they're mega superstars and NBA fans are diehard fans and they love their plays. They love the personalities. So, that attitude, like, eh, I don't want to go there. I don't want to be there. I mean, it's it's total. I mean, like I said, with the money they make, the lifestyles they have, they earned it all. I mean, does LeBron yeah. James, here's, I'm going to throw this question to you, pal. Does LeBron James earn the right to say, I don't want to go? Almost in the same fashion Ovechkin was saying there a year or two ago, he didn't want to play. I don't even think he played that one year. So what's your take on that? Do they have, no, no, are it's, you okay it's, with it? I'm, I'm fine. If he had just come out and said, the all-star game's great for the fans. I'm 36 years old. I've played all year or just said, I don't want to play or even show up. I'd be like, well, okay. It's disappointing because it is disappointing if you're, you're watching it for LeBron, but to come out and make it sound like it's this Herculean effort to play in the all-star game and the whole slap in the face and that he's being overworked. uh, That part, I don't agree with. I just think you come out and say, you know, you'll have to forgive me, but I'm going to pass on this year's game. You, do you hear that? Or even if he... Sorry, Rob, real quick, but when you're making that kind of money, how do you get overworked when you have that kind of a salary? He's obviously it's 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 total bullshinery, or as we like to say, and you put this on the on Twitter last week, total horseshit. Horseshit. Okay. Oh, I forgot. Yes. The <laughs> um. Keep talking, so, I'm going to get that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, nothing what, that he says, no excuse he gives holds any sort of water. It's just, again, I'm not, if, if he doesn't want to play, that's his right. And again, at his age, he's given a lot to the league. We assume that. But don't, again, the problem I have is, is the way he makes it sound like the NBA is asking him to do something so burdensome and so out of the ordinary that, you know, he's he's being asked to do a task that's virtually impossible. It's it's basketball, and and you can play another game, but if you don't, don't sell us a bill of goods that we know is fake. Just say I'm not going to play this what? year. Look, football, baseball. Shit. You know, what? and here's the thing. Shit. Here's the. <laughs> we got to play that again. What a load of horseshit! <laughs> and that's right. <laughs> that should oh, be my ringtone. Well, actually, when, when Paul texts me, that's the tone that comes up. Oh, um, thanks, buddy. <laughs> I think baseball, just as an aside, did a great thing by extending the All-Star break. Because, you know, every year it seems like the pitcher that you want to see in the All-Star break either has the next start or just, uh, you know, came off a recent start. So by extending out the All-Star break, they allow pitchers who may not have been able to participate just because of the usual rest uh, to participate. So... I love the MLB All-Star game. I don't watch as much as I used to just for whatever reason. I do try to catch as many of them as I can. I think baseball did itself a disservice. You know, we can. this is another one of those summertime topics when we meander through the woods of what to talk about. But 
the whole interleague play, when it was just 18 games as a novelty way back when, I was okay with it. Now that it's woven into the fabric of baseball, you know what was great about the All-Star game when I was a kid? You're like, ooh, an American League team and a National League playing. We don't see these guys playing against each other. The World Series. The best thing about the World Series is it was two teams that never play each other. Yeah. It was a total mystery. You couldn't say, well, you know, during the regular season they were, you know, split the records against each other, war at home, whatever. It was, hey, the Yankees are playing the Dodgers. They don't meet during the regular season. They have no history of what they've done this year. It was great. And I'm not saying they should build a season around the All-Star game and the World Series, but the fact that interleague play is so common, it takes a little bit of that luster away certainly from the all-star game and it, and the, the mystery and the intrigue of the world series, you know, when you have two teams that have already played each other a few times, you're like, okay, well, here's what they did earlier in the season and maybe it'll be different, but we already have a sample size. So nothing they can do about, I wish, I wish they would cut back to how they used to be when they first sold the public on. It's just a novelty. It's going to be 18 games a year just to mix things up a bit. I was like, okay, fine. I don't like it, but whatever. It's 18 games now. It's, again, it's all season. Many traditions. Baseball seems to love to flush all their traditions. You and I remember when opening day was Monday at 2 o'clock in Cincinnati. Remember? Mm -hmm. That was the first game. That was it. Opening day was one game. Not games in Japan that were technically not opening day, but they really were. And then a full season I mean, a full slate of games on the first day with Monday Night Baseball or whatever, the opening night on ESPN. It, 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 all the – I know. Right now I sound like a guy who really should be at Ingleside. But those, <laughs> kinds of, those kinds of traditions are important. I really wish they would go back and say, I don't know why Cincinnati, I don't care. I mean, I'm sure it's easy enough to find out. I know there's a valid reason for it. Say, well, you, look, got, you got a soft spot for Cincinnati because they just, they just lost a guy. He went to the left coast. We'll talk about him a little bit. Yeah. I do. Four Met fans. It's so much, all the service they've gone through so far. Anyway, go back to the, the opening day tradition. Go back to 18 games of interleague player. Just, you know what? If you're going to go to the universal DH, if I was the lord of baseball, I would say, fine. You want your universal DH, you got it. But no more interleague play. Go pound sand. And we're not going to have, you know, we're not going to arbitrarily take one team from the National League and put it in the American League when there was no reason to. You know, we're not going to do stuff like that. But anyway. I don't mean to get off on a tangent. You said all-star game, and I just started thinking about all this stuff. because I, got no I, I touched the nerve. That's what I like to do here. I you like did. to touch nerves. So I, this is stuff I write my notes down, and I'll swing this back around in another episode. Yeah. You know, hit you like an uppercut. You know what I'm saying? Right. It'll be part of our baseball spectacular, our yes. wilderness our baseball spectacular. Baseball all-star, post-NBA all-star spectacular, yes. spectacular. It'll be fun. We'll have a full breakdown of the all-star game and then a wrap-up of the all-star game. The following will be great. Yes. Wow. Um, so, again, uh, big thing there is connection with the players. And, um, yep. you know, these guys, like I said, th this is for the fans and for the people right now. So just shut up, take your boatload of money, play an extra game. I mean, how many, how many, I mean, that's the other thing too, man. Last thing on this, you're not really playing hard minutes, you know? No. I mean. No, it's like any all-star game. You're just, you're just there. You're not really playing defense. You're not, there's no big hits. Somebody's, I mean, somebody's bringing you there in a limousine. Right. You know, somebody's waiting for you to, to take it to some penthouse owner suite inside the building. 
You're going to get treated like gold. You're already loaded. Shut up already. And, and, and you don't even have to play. You know, sometimes know. just being there, you know, uh, a thousand years ago, I went to the, the, the Cracker Jack all, old-timers all-star game at old RFK Stadium here in D.C. Uh, and, you know, Joe DiMaggio was part of that team every year, but he never played. All he did was come out. He would tip his cap and go back and sit down. You know what? For this guy, for this 13, 14-year-old kid who had never seen Joe DiMaggio, you know, in person – uh, you know, just saw pictures and read about him. It was a thrill. Yeah. Hey, look, it's Joe DiMaggio tipping his cap. All right. And then, you know, I saw a bunch of other players actually playing. And I was like, you know, I never saw them when they were in their prime. So in an all-star game, even if you're not going to play, just show up. Even put the uniform on. You know, And just sit do. on the bench. You know, they And then people do. see you and they're like, oh, you know, just go ahead. No, 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 no. What should they do? They should show um, semi-pro. The Will Ferrell movie on All-Star, NBA All-Star no. Day. Was it semi-pro? Oh, it was semi, yes, right, semi-pro. semi-pro. I'm thinking of semi-tough, the football movie. Yes, semi-pro with the Flint Tropics. Yes. yes. <laughs> Just show that. Yeah. Have it sponsored or by the NBA or, and all their sponsors. I bet right. you they break records. Or recreate it. Or, better yet, have a team of NBA players play the Flint Tropics. Oh, now you're talking, buddy. See? In a pickup game. Oh, yeah, see, we'll figure it Is out. Anybody Look, from leave the it NBA to us. listening? We got ideas. Right. We'll leave it to us. We're going to fix all the leagues. All we got of, it right here. Oh, all man, of them. At no charge. Maybe some, you know, courtside seats. But uh, that, that we can we can work out those details at another time. All right. So why don't we slip into the uh, the baseball news here? All right. You don't want, all right. I say you don't want to talk about the anthem controversy, huh? Oh, you know what? My bad. I mean, I we don't that. have to. That, we that can was save that. Hold no, 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 no. It's basketball. But let's tell everybody it was in a second email, and I wrote that on the bottom of my notes. Uh, okay. So let's swing so, back up, and yeah. why don't you talk about it? So right. the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, Mark Cuban, so far in 13 home games, has not played the national anthem uh, <laughs> in the arena, and he said. Um, talking to ESPN's The Jump, said the team initially halted the anthem because we're always talking to our community. This is Mark Cuban talking. And there were quite a few people that voiced their concerns and really their fears that the national anthem did not really represent them and that their voices were not being heard. The Mavs, quote, still had our flag flying proud and, quote, we always we had always discussed the fact that we probably would end up playing it at some point. Probably when fans came back. Okay? So that was Tuesday. Monday or Tuesday, Tuesday, he announced they were officially not going to have the anthem. Then today, the hammer fell. Whoops, that was my phone dropping. The hammer fell on Mark Cuban when the NBA announced, quote, all teams must play the national anthem before games. This decision comes on the heels of the Mavericks revealing they had not played it before any of their home games. So the official statement from the NBA was all teams must play the national anthem before their home games. So I don't want to go down the road of the whole kneeling thing and anthem controversy. I just think that it's not just football where the anthem is Hold on causing second, an issue. Hold on. I'm, 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 I'm holding it. We will now be playing the national anthem before every Sports Honto show. No problem. And, and and we're also allowed to kneel or do whatever we like during it. It's our choice. But this is not a question of 
the NBA saying you have to stand or do whatever. They're saying you got to play it. So what players choose to do during the anthem, the NBA is saying, hey, we're hands off on that one. That's on you. But you're going to play the anthem. I think whatever Stan Cuban is making, and I understand his point, it's a controversial subject, so maybe we just don't play it. He's not trying to to squash uh, you know, ex- freedom of expression or, or how you choose to comport yourself during the anthem. He's just saying, you know what, a lot of people have trouble with it, so we're just going to get rid of it. I think he should have known better, though. It's It's still a very thorny path to go down when you say, well, let's just avoid the problem altogether and get rid of the anthem. See what you just said there? You just said problem. And Mark Cuban is known to be a problem solver. This is not a good problem solve. Yeah, he's he's not willing to solve the problem. I mean, he was handling it great. I mean, when it comes to social justice, Mark Cuban is on the tip of the spear when it comes to the owners. But and, and, And this comes on the heels of him saying... He's okay with how players express themselves during the anthem, but then he doesn't to want to not deal with the problem. Play it, yeah. I don't see. Just, mm-hmm. Did he think that the NBA Whoa. was going to go? Okay, great idea, Mark. No, they came down right away and said, uh, no, you can't just put the anthem on the shelf." Sorry, and you notice he only announced it Tuesday, even though he hasn't played it at all. So the NBA was, I don't know how, blissfully unaware that the anthem wasn't being played at any Mavericks home games. I'm not sure why Cuban decided now to announce it. Maybe he was feeling a little guilty. You know, when you know you've done something wrong, at some point you're like, okay, look, I, I got to be I honest. Know. You know, we Mark's, haven't played the Mark's anthem all season. Mark's a smart guy. Mark's a smart guy. You know, maybe this wasn't he's, that he's right, just been though. too busy on Shark Tank and he forgot about it. I is that know. show still on? Yes, it is. It's an excellent show. Oh, okay. So stay tuned uh, on this feud. I don't think this is, we have not heard the last of this issue. Get up, bro! Um, so, Stand up! Kneel! So, so far, the, N- the NBA is the Crouch. upper hand. Stand on one leg. Yeah. Stand on your two hands. Whatever you want to do. But we're playing the anthem here. That's and let's be For the rest of the show. The rest of the show? <laughs> I don't think I can stand the rest of the show. Let's be clear. They're not doing what the NFL did, which is to, to say you must stand. They're just saying you have to play the anthem. Big difference. I like the song, man. It's about our country. Uh, it's a good song. We need, I think it's going it's to catch on song one day. to unify us. Okay? <laughs> the United yes. States of America. Okay. Now, now that we've gotten all patriotic and somber, what's going on with Major League Baseball? Well, let's see. I mean, I, I want to apologize. Further... I want to apologize. That was a terrible segue. <clears throat> Wasn't it, though? Hey, Rob, what the hell's going on? Hey! Remember Major last League week? Baseball! Remember last week we talked about those kooky, crazy labor relations? Well, how'd it go, we Rob? More, we have some more agreement as they move at a glacial pace towards opening day. Now the MLB and MLPA have both agreed on seven inning double headers and runners on second base to start extra innings. Boo. Uh, and they've Don't agreed like to the COVID health, health and safety protocols. Um, they did, however, they did. They still nixed the idea of expanding 
uh, the playoffs from six uh, from ten to fourteen or sixteen, and no designated hitter in the National League or during the playoffs. So those two, as of this moment, are out. Now, until they have a formal agreement, nothing is really set in stone. But we do know this. Season's going to start on time, 162 games, seven-inning doubleheaders, runners on second base to start extra innings. The rationale, of course, is this, that you know during the season, according to uh, uh, the Associated Press, during the season – um, you had 45 games postponed for COVID-19 related reasons and all but two were not made up. Okay, uh, so to, to accomplish that, there were 56 double headers, 56, the most since 1984 when there were 76. Wow. Yeah. Man, 84, man, 76 double headers. What a so, crazy year. Stephen Vaught of the of Arizona hey, said that was, during that the, was the year after the Baltimore Orioles won their last championship in 1983. <laughs> okay. See. Uh, during a season, I'm Woo-hoo! ignoring you because it it's is. if you're trying to get me. <laughs> It's not working. Anyway, during a season with the possible delays from COVID, I think the seven-inning and runner-on-second rules will help any teams make up for lost time. I would love to get back to traditional baseball ASAP, but I like them for the 2021 season. So says Stephen Vaught of Arizona. I guess he's the spokesperson for these rules. I think that whole thing stinks. I hate the idea of seven-inning doubleheaders. I'm not as offended by as the whole let's start with a runner-on-second base nonsense. That, I just... Softball, beer league. There's no love. Thanks for coming. For me. I guess, I guess the players be, can show up in sweatpants. Yeah. This is not going to be permanent. This is, again, just for the 2021 season while the they're COVID still. COVID season. Let's call it what yes, it is. These proceeding under. seasons. Right. Under the aura, the air of COVID that surrounds the season. Remember, though, we are steaming towards uh, the new collective bargaining agreement, which you know, after this season, there is no collective bargaining agreement. So my advice to baseball fans is watch these things closely. The tensions between the MLB and the MLBPA as we go into the final season under the current CBA are terrible. The tensions are high. The relationship stinks. So I, I'm more confident about this season starting on time and finishing on time than I am about next season because – this is nothing compared to what they're going to have to hammer out for a new collective bargaining agreement. So that's why I keep bringing these up. Look at the the clues that are being given. Look at the relationship. Again, the players said, if you were this last week, we don't want to play less games for the same amount of money. Mm-hmm. That's a big red flag in contract mm-hmm. negotiations. They're digging their heels in. I, again, doesn't matter if they're getting something really good. Again, less games, same money. What a deal. They've said no. Go pound sand. Go kick rocks. So, I again, I have more confidence in this season going all 162, starting on time, finishing on time, than I am about next season. And I hope I'm wrong. I really do. But <laughs> it's I'm shaky. I'm, I, I got to tell you, I'm not confident. So you're saying I should take the Amtrak down and watch the uh, All-Star game with you this summer? Yes. It might my be the advice, last one for a while. Watch as many baseball games as you can this year. And, you know, record them on you. Dust off the old VCR. <laughs> so next summer, next summer when you're like, eh, no baseball on, hockey season's over. Oh, look, I've got an old VHS copy of the, you know, 
1983 World Series victory record. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, let's talk about the real reason that baseball is in so much trouble. <laughs> and that's Bauer going to the Dodgers for three years. $102 million! Yeah, the, um, again, the Surus, as my people would say, for the Mets... Continues oh. to grow. Now, I will tell the you. Masons again. Left by the way, at the, the uh, here's a couple pieces of trivia for After you. Such a good start. Well, one piece of trivia: the his 2021 salary is going to be more than the payrolls of the Pirates, the Indians, and the Orioles. That's fair. He stands to make 40 million in 2021, 45 million in 2022. He can opt out after each year. Each year, meaning he'll make 40 million if he opts out this year. 85 he does after 2022, and 102 million if he stays all three. Now, I was going to say this is more pain and suffering for the Mets fans, but according to uh, Sports Honcho's Mets insider Patrick Sakura, this guy's uh, this guy's a real bag of shine, and the Mets are better off without him. He this is his favorite song, by the way. As we Bio's know, his favorite yes. song. It's a lot of players' favorite song. He is a little uh, out there, a little fringy, a little cuckoo, a little nutty. So, and he's not young. He's thirty-one years old. Thirty, excuse me. So, you know what I thought was going to be devastating for the Mets has turned out to be, you know, maybe it's a blessing in disguise. But if you're if you're an NL West fan, let's see which lineup would you rather face? Which rotation would you rather face? I'm listening. This is. This is the Padres' opening day rotation for 2021. Blake Snell, Yu Darvish, Denilson Lamette, Joe Musgrove, Chris Paddock, and Mackenzie Gore. Or, or, would you like to take your chances against Walker Bueller, Clayton Kershaw, Trevor Bauer, David Price, Julio Urias, and Dustin May? Uh, on, the, on the Dodgers' side of the equation, you've got uh, three Cy Young winners. Three. Okay. Still, though, if you are an NL West fan, Arizona, Colorado, San Francisco, all I can say is you better hope there is no 2022 season because it's going to be a long couple of years. Well, maybe maybe that's what the game plan is here from L.A. and, and all the guys that are uh, jumping onto them there is that they just see an easy path to repeat. You know what I'm saying? But, look, man, I you know, you talk about Bowers, it's, you know, there was there was a time I thought in sports where you, you you get your big contracts, you get your money because you earn it. You you win. It was almost like the, you, okay, you come in, you join the league. If you're a phenom, you get a good starting thing. But then you go out and you become a playoff performer, and then you win a championship. And once you win championships, that's how you earn the money. That's when you get the big bucks. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like you know what? For all of his recent whining and complainings from LeBron, LeBron, he deserves all his money because he's earned it. How many? Seven times? Whatever the heck it is. And, um, you know, Brady too, man. Pay him everything because the guy's proven it. He's a winner. He brings championships. But, you know, this kind of money at that age, three years, I mean, and that just blows my mind with the MLB negotiations. Where is this money coming from? I don't know. It's um, again, he's making his $40 million salary in 2021. The Pirates have a $30 million payroll, the Orioles 34.2, and the Indians 36.5. So clearly, we, we see that the haves and the have nots again. Although, more than my two LLCs combined bring in. Yeah. Um, 
Nice. <laughs> By the way, this is a team that lost Jock Peterson, uh, Kike Hernandez, and will lose Justin Turner eventually, and were already favorites despite losing those key components. Now with Bauer, they are the hands-down favorite to repeat as World Series champions. Um, here's a little bit of trivia for you, by the Listen. way. So he is the first reigning Cy Young Award winner to enter free agency since. And you have to go way back. Wins the Cy Young and then goes right into free agency and changes teams, I might add. Pedro Martinez. Now you have to go deeper. Oh, deeper or or farther, back. farther back, oh, I should on, say. Come on, that's yes, two different back. meanings. Not deeper. You have to go further back. Further back. Um, did he play for the Yanks? Oh, oh Roger no. Clemens. No. Nope. Greg Maddox, 1992. I was getting close. Yep, Cubs to the Braves. So, when he won, he had a little bit of success with the Braves after he left the Cubs. Hope you enjoy. So it doesn't happen. It doesn't this happen very often. Section, section right there. Oh. Yes. There you go. It doesn't happen very often. But it happens. Um, so, yeah, baseball baseball can't cry poor. And it's actually nice to see, unlike last year, another thing that led to this contentious relationship between baseball players and the, and the owners. It's nice to see owners spending some money and not, I'll put this in air quotes, colluding because they'll tell you, we're not colluding. We're just being smarter with our money, the owners. The players will tell you it's collusion. Um, when... There's free agents just sitting around on the shelf getting dusty before they were signed. Now we see the players are moving. There's trades. There's free agency signings. The owners aren't being quite as obvious in their desire to shut certain players out of free agency. Not at all. Not at all. They, they're eating each. What's the? If they're eating their own. Is this what? What is that? You know all the crazy, stupid, silly terms, right? Eating their own. I guess yes. They eating are each other. eating their own. They're having yes. their cakes and eats it. Yes, they're having their eat cakes. Eat at Arby's. Uh, and eating it. Eat too. all you want. All you can right. eat buffet. Uh, that's, I think that's a good one. For Something like that. All you it's, can eat buffet. There's a lot of eating going on. Yes. <laughs> all right. A whole lot well, of eating. We wish everybody in Major League Baseball all the best. Uh, you know, they're they're dumping uh, yes. minor league baseball franchises. Um, you know, the poor Mets. Amazing. It's just gone south. Jared Porter. So, but I, but I was oh. mistaken on that. I thought this was going to cause them again more surus and heartache. But apparently, the the Mets are are Met fans. Again, if you believe our Mets insider Patrick Scora, that it's okay. Now, this is not. This is actually good news. Yes. In fact, after sure. getting rid of Yoenis uh, Cespedes, they don't want another clubhouse killer, another chemistry killer. In their midst with Trevor well, Bauer, I agree with you there. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think the guy's all that much upstairs. But hey, he's laughing all the way to yep. the bank. He'll be getting his penthouse, Beverly Hills place, on the beach, and baseball, baseball for the Dodgers. They're guaranteed, and again, it's an opt out on his end. Ugh. He can take his forty million and go. You know, L.A.'s nice, but I'm going anywhere else. That's so. Insane. That's that's a I'll tell you his agent gold star. All right, I don't Three years, a hundred million, and he's been, he gets the he gets the option of opting in or out. It's great. Amer- great. America's pastime is pissing me off right now. All right, yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry. Uh-huh. All right. Well, look, Rob, before we go onto the ice uh, and talk about sharp things, it's sponsor time here. Uh-huh. 
on the sports honchos. This is very exciting. You know, it's Woo. my favorite time of the show. Tell them all about it, buddy. Our friends at Manscaped.com. That's right. Do you know that support for the sports honchos is brought to you by Manscaped? who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. You know, the other night I was trimming south of the equator with a putty knife and some copper wire, and I thought to myself, there's got, there's got to be a better way, Rob. What are you doing with your life? And I will tell you, that's why Manscaped is where it's at. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer, the Manscaped engineering team, has perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, including the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. So, no more putty knife and copper wire, no more rusty lawn scissors, no more garden shears, no more nail clippers, no, no more, more rusty menorahs. <laughs> yes. No more trips to the emergency room when you're using Manscaped. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. When I tell you this is premium, Paul, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so that you can take a longer shave. And as I always tell you, if you're spending 90 minutes down there, you should have used Manscaped earlier. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower, always important. And if you have to do it in a power outage, if there's an emergency and the power goes out, you can still groom because one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with my favorite kind of technology, quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Oh, no. Can't forget about the charging stand. It's a wonderful stand. I Show your mower off. On my fireplace mantle. Fabulous. Show your mower off loud and proud, whether it's on your fireplace mantle or your nightside table, because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered I by do, USB I technology. Do, I do suggest, though, Rob, sorry to interrupt you, I do suggest that you, you clean it off before you put it back in the... Yes, please do. That, that's an important safety tip. See what I did there? Tip. If you're listening to me speak right now... I am. I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Let's get that tush... I'm sorry. I, let me read that again. Let's get that bush to tush clean. I guess it doesn't matter. Tush to bush. Does it? Bush to tush. Whatever. Manscaped's just happy that you said it. Forward, That's backwards, it. backwards, forward. And whatever. all of us love waiting for yes. you to say it. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HONCHOS, H-O-N-C-H-O-S, at manscaped.com. Make your testies their besties. Woo-hoo! Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HONCHOS at manscaped.com. Hey, That's 20% up. off. With free shipping. Free shipping, Manscaped.com and use the code HONCHOS, H-O-N-C-H-O-S. Your balls will thank you. And we thank and you, we will Bob. Too. We, we thank, thank you. you for using You know, that, Mans- that is one sponsorship read that you wouldn't be able to read in public out at the park. Oh, no. Only on this Not- show. And I've tried. I've gone out to my local park. <laughs> That's and, where you practice, right? And I just said, hey, everybody, how's, how's your area south of the equator? Hey, is that Bruno Mars in your pants? And uh, then I go right into my manscaped read. It's better in the summertime. <laughs> Much better in the summertime. And it's always better to manscape in the summertime as well. Indeed it is. You know, because who wears short shorts? We wear short shorts. Because if you and dare wear short shorts, nair for short shorts. Thank you, Manscaped. And again, that's manscaped.com. Special offer for sports honchos listeners. Use the code honchos. Use the code. 
and free shipping, as Rob yep. just said. Okay? Just Use don't go code. screaming that into your local park. You might get arrested. But it's okay. Please don't. Here in the Hodges. All right, buddy. So uh, some puck talk. Speaking of sharp things, ice skates. Uh, live tonight, uh, my New York Strangers are tied 1-1 with the um, Boston Bruins uh, at the Gadden tonight. Not the Gadden in Baston, but the Garden in New York. And the Leafs are down 1-0 to the uh, Canadiens. Uh, and those are friends of ours up at the Blundell, Dean Blundell Network, up in Canada. Huh? You like that, eh? Huh? I do. That was a very, it was very synergistic. Okay. And, of course, we're not playing tonight because our game with Philadelphia, as will our game against Buffalo, postponed due to the COVID. Where did the NHL go wrong, Rob? Oh, from the beginning. Oh, Dallas, Carolina, and Florida. From the beginning, they've gone wrong. And now it's all I can just tell any anybody of any hockey team just it's weird it nobody it hasn't happened in Canada yet no Canadian teams no but you can pretty much guarantee it's going to happen to your favorite hockey team here in the states yep. that's the trend Nay, but you know what get it out of your system now it's going to happen so hopefully it happens sooner rather than later and you can get on with your uh, your hockey lives should we discuss this article from Japers real quick, ring. give it a real summary there, and uh, and and we'll talk that, and we'll just touch on uh, Hextel and Berkey and Pittsburgh, and then we'll we got to dive into our Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Well, look, uh, so so Greg Young of Japers Rink, which is part of the SB Nation Empire, wrote an article called "It's t- and and full disclosure he covers the, the Caps for SB Nation." He says it's time to pause the NHL season. It's a good read. And he brings up some very good points about why it is we went you know full bore into the NHL season. Um, and it's, of course, you know, it's partly about managing the, the COVID risks, but what he says, the most, uh, what I think the, the most salient point he makes here is with the vaccine distribution going as well as it's going and picking up as well as it has, and with 1.35 million people a day being vaccinated, uh, with, and I'm quoting here, already the United States is vaccinating 1.35 million people a day, and there's indications the number is going to rise substantially over the next few weeks. As a result, the U.S. is projected to have over a third of the total population vaccinated by May and widespread vaccine distribution expected then, too. So his point is, why the rush? Why not postpone the season? Because we're already seeing games being postponed, canceled, the COVID outbreak. ICE, he brings up, is a is a place where the, the disease is tr- more transmittable than on a field or outside. So why the rush? The vaccine's coming. People are getting vaccinated. Why put our players at risk? Why put them in a position where the, tr- the disease transmits more easily? Why not just wait till we have the vaccine? And I'll tell you, after reading his article, I, I really, I have no, there's nothing I can say to argue against it. I think he's absolutely oh, right now. there's tons to argue. Well, Yes. I'm not saying there is no argument against it. Just I think he makes some very good points here. Um, I don't know about the societal message. That's just one of his reasons is that. Did Dr. Fauci do the footnote? I don't think Dr. Fauci did the footnote, no. No, then it's it's garbage. Okay. So we'll just, we'll just chuck it over my shoulder and say this guy's full of shine. No, now, in, I will all, say, in all seriousness, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I well, I was going to say the, the whole idea of of postponing it so more players get vaccinated. I mean, it's hard to say, to not see the logic there. 
Uh, clearly, the NHL needs to get going. They can't push the season too late into the next season because, you know, we get that same problem of if you push one season forward into the calendar year, if you start the next season at its regular time, you've got that whole problem of a compressed offseason, which leads to what we see with the NBA and it will be the same thing with the NHL players. So there's only but so much you can play in terms of the schedule. But postponing it a month and playing a few less games, I know that means less money and the NHL can't afford that. But there's a point to be made there. That maybe since the vaccine came out in December, right before you started the season in January, perhaps you said, you know what, let's let some more people get vaccinated. Then possibly with the vaccine rollout, you can start bringing fans into the building at a faster rate that we'll never know about. So I, I just, that, that was my whole point of what I thought was the, the best point he makes in the article is this whole notion of waiting and uh, player yeah, safety. And unfortunately that should have been done a long time ago. And believe me, I'm sure that the league sat down and they, you know, it's all right to say this now that, that they're in the throes of, of this shortened season and games are happening. They made the commitments and everything else. Um, and and they they already put the plan in place to reschedule games. So this was their yeah. you know they they had a plan here and they're they're working their plan. It's it's unfortunate that it's happening. I think if it if it goes beyond I don't know what is it five six teams right now. I mean if it really can't be contained or controlled. But it's funny you know we're talking in New York here about letting fans in here at the end of the month two thousand into the Garden Barclays and and the Coliseum here. So. We're going forward. All the other teams are playing, so it's it's happening. It's not going to stop. I mean, it's all great points. Again, you know, here here's us, Rob. You know, we're all sitting home, right? You know, and any of us that are working or, or working through protocols and quarantines, and you know, depending on what kind of business you're in and everything else, and kids at school and all different things like that. And but these guys, they're all fully committed. You know, same thing with all these leagues. They made the decision. So the fact that they don't have fans in the stands. To me, right now, on on a larger scale, that's their out right now. As far as okay, so teams out here, teams out there, and the only thing we can hope for is that in the next two to three weeks, the NHL will—they made a mistake with Buffalo and New Jersey, they, and they just have to learn from this and tighten things up. And they did come out the next day or two after that uh, Buffalo fiasco with the Devils and everything out, and they put new protocols in to start doing stuff like that. But all that other stuff that that he talks about in the article, and, and you know, you still have to plow forward. You have to just keep. Hopefully this thing lines up with the vaccine and, and testing and everything else. Because other than that, you know, you can, you can't really just shut everything down unless it's no. But the 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 season rolled out right as the time that the vaccine distribution was ramping up. So the timing of it, I think, is is where his point lies. That if the the timing lines up like that, you probably could have just pushed the. Yeah, but at that time, they had a little bit. It's not as though the season started in November and they had to wait two months for the vaccine. They could have. I'm not saying they had to. They could have. It's it's not out of the realm of possibility. Point is that the NHL season has started. The train is moving down the tracks. They're dealing. The NBA and the NHL are dealing with COVID in, in a way that is 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 admirable. They're keeping the lights on, especially with hockey. They're getting it done. I just I saw this and it just made me think for a minute. Maybe it could have been done differently. I'm not going to say everything they've done, all the good work they've done should be undone in terms of the NHL. It's just an article that made me think that, hey, maybe there was a possibility to do things a little bit differently. I didn't know about the whole ice thing, that apparently it's easier to transmit COVID when you're on the ice. Uh, But 
you know, the NHL is doing – everyone's going to have a misstep. There's no playbook for how to handle a pandemic. So, again, what the NHL is doing is great. NBA is doing is great. You can make fun of some of the protocols all you want. But they have them. They're enforcing them. They're doing what they can. It's just this article made me think. No, yes, it is. It's a, an article to make you think. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they're, they're, they've just got to keep rolling this thing on. It's not going to stop, I think, you know, because it's just too difficult right now. I, I, well, look, if it gets to the point where, like I said, the, here's the scary thing with that article, and it's a good heads up, and, like, you take a guy like Kruger, the coach of the Sabres, who's an older guy, you know, if an older guy, God forbid anybody dies from this thing. But that's like anything through sports, through job sites or whatever. They keep doing things until somebody dies, you know? Yep. So we'll just have it's to It's the one thing out. that can't be reversed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we'll have yep. to see what happens. Uh, other quick news on the ice real quick is obviously Hextall, uh, Ronnie Hextall and uh, Brian Burke getting hired in Pittsburgh, uh, taking over uh, Rutherford, who stepped down there uh, a week or two ago. So uh, my quick take on it, that's real weird for um, – Hextall, uh, you know, just the flyers thick and thin. You know what I'm saying? And now he's going to be in Pittsburgh. Look, a gig is a gig. A job is a job. Um, yeah. It's another opportunity for him to, um, you know, I don't know how much work Hextall really has to do with the team that he has and the talent that he has on there, you know, starting at the top with Crosby and Malkin. And uh, I think it's a great thing for Berkey just to get back into hockey. And yep. my last thing. He's I, good for the sport. Yeah, Burke. well, it's. I don't think Berkey's had the thing where he's had success and then he's he's messed up a couple plays, whatever. I don't think you can mess up the Pittsburgh Penguins, but uh, we'll wait and see what happens. So, uh, But anyway, they filled those two positions by two very experienced, popular, famous guys, and it will be a trip one day down the road when Hextall is, like I said, you know, on the fans' back. I mean, I can just imagine what flying fans. You know, it's in a, in a way, it's kind of like how Lamarillo got the gig here with the Islanders. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, the Islander fans love it. Us Ranger fans are like, oh, you know, because the devil's, you know. Right. Uh, you want to hear something amazing, though? I do. I do. I, I do, just, I just I read about this today. Anymore. In, I'm rambling. Go. In TSN. Um, you know where Hextall's from? Oh, I should know this. He's from Green Tree, Pennsylvania, which is a, a suburb of Pittsburgh. His father, Brian Hextall, played for the Penguins in the early 70s. You know who taught Hextall to play hockey? Manny Sengian and Rennie Stennett. So a guy who is synonymous with Philadelphia and a real asshat in a good way. Uh, God, I hated him when he played for the Flyers. As a Caps fan, could not stand him. But if you're a Penguins fan and you think, as you said, how weird is it for a guy who's synonymous with Philly to come to, you know, Pittsburgh? He's a Pittsburgh guy through and through. Crazy. Father played for the team, taught how to play hockey by a couple of Pittsburgh legends. So, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that either. Uh, it's it that to be, it's almost more weird that he went to Philadelphia than he is coming back to Pittsburgh. So, it's going to be interesting. It, look, they replaced one one GM with two hockey lifers, especially Burke. It's I'm sure with the two of them, Mario Lemieux running the show. It's just bad news for us Pittsburgh Penguin haters because that's I don't want them to get any more professional. Well, he, <laughs> I don't the, want them to be any better. All right, so if you're if you're a Penguins hater, here's the thing: Hextall and Berkey are two huge egos. Yes. So it's going to Especially be interesting Hextall. to see yeah. how those two guys. Oh, Berkey's got a huge ego too, buddy. 
So uh, that'll be interesting. But my, my say, prediction, my prediction in two years, one of them will be gone. Yes. <laughs> one agree. of those two will be gone. From I'm the with team. you on that. Yes. <laughs> and um, I was going to say something. and I confess. Oh, yes. Um, as non-Pittsburgh Penguin fans, ain't no problem. Good luck. Good yeah, luck. that's true. But now, ladies and gentlemen, the reason we're all here tonight, playing this music for the last time until training camps come back in August. Oh, oh we're no. We're all safe they'll, and healthy. They'll always be something. And it's the official Super Sunday hangover special about the big National Mediocrity League game this past Sunday. And man, did the Kansas City Chiefs did they what an keep, egg. Did they keep to that mediocrity tag that I have given the great NFL and the great way, So, <laughs> So nobody out there can see this, but I'm going to show you, Paul, because I'm looking at you right now. You see this that I'm flipping through? Yeah. These are my. These are all of my, my typed up notes, seven or eight pages. I sat down with my laptop in front of the game and just took just stream of consciousness We'll go. The whole game. We've got two no, hours. No, I'm not gonna, go. No, no. I'm not going to read this all. I'm just saying I did this in preparation for today, and I'll probably talk about you know about that much of it. I'm holding my fingers really close together. All right, well, I'm going to sit that. back, munch on some um, peanut butter chips here, and and listen to you go, buddy. No, well, first of all, I was wrong. What? I was loud wrong when I said that the Chiefs were going oh, to win. Oh, I know win. you were. Um, and I was but, a kind man this week because it's Valentine's Day this Sunday. I, I didn't destroy you with edits. But what did I tell you? It, look, it, we're not, it's now Wednesday. The game was Sunday. So you all have heard so many wrap-ups of the game. But it's, it all came down to what I said. The Bucks defense didn't try to do the thing where you cover Ty- Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill and hope for the best, fingers crossed. You know, they let Travis Kelsey run wild. He had 10 catches, 133 yards, and they put a blanket over Tyree Kill and that defense, that defensive line, which I think could easily have been MVP, they made Mahomes' life miserable. And hey, I guess at some point I'm going to learn my lesson, never bet against 143-year-old Tom Brady. The game went, look, first the first half belonged to Brady, three touchdowns. They go up, you know, big in the first half. And then in the second half, it was all running it was all clock management. It was just keep the ball, sustain drives, keep the, the best defense you have against Kansas City is to not let them have the ball. And that's what they did. Again, Brady gets them to a 21-6 lead. Second half, defense running. The Chiefs are done. Uh, Mahomes is harassed. And that's how you get it done. That defense, that Buccaneer defense did what no other team this whole year seems to have been able to do, which is to to make Mahomes run. And, you know, he makes those plays a couple times where he runs, you know, 25 yards around in the backfield and then throws a miracle pass. They made him run all night. They said, you're not going to stand back here. You're not going to get a chance to set your feet. We're going to make you run and run and use clock. And the more you run, the more we're going to cover your receivers. The, the, the most amazing statistic I heard from this game is even though he had 33 or 34 yards rushing, he had somebody who has a lot more time on their hands than me added up all the yards that he ran around during the game when he was pressured a record 29 times in the Super Bowl. He ran for almost 500 yards behind the line of scrimmage. 
500. For those of you that play Tech Mobile That's crazy. or have seen all the great Bo Jackson runs on Tech Mobile where he just runs around you know, in the backfield for what seems like an hour and then <laughs> runs forward, that's what Mahomes was like, except he didn't win. He threw some tremendous passes that ended up being incomplete as he was being thrown to the ground, but that was the secret. That was the secret sauce. They said, we're not going to let your weapons beat us. We're going to pick one weapon to have a field day and we'll take away everything else you have. And in the end, you know, in the end, it was just don't bet against Brady. You know, Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator, earned himself another job. Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator, earned himself a, a chance to be a head coach. It was, you know, from the top down. The Bucks did everything right, and the Chiefs, I don't want to say they did everything wrong, but, you know, it was a game that did not turn out the way people thought it was. It wasn't this high-scoring shootout between two powerful offenses. It was a team that's extremely well-coached against another team that maybe got a little arrogant, maybe thought, we're the Chiefs, we're on the rise, we can't be beaten, and bam, they got slapped in the mouth. You know? So that's the game recap. So now I ask you this, Mr. Cuthbert. Uh, yes. So much so ask much me. other stuff do you want to talk about. The commercials do you want to talk about. The ratings do you want to talk about. The refs, the coaches, the well, coverage. Before we go there real quick, just might, I'll just throw a couple of uh... – Three or four, five, six cents at this. The the thing about the Super Bowl, you know, you, you play the whole season, and it comes down to, to one game. Obviously, uh, baseball, NBA, hockey, seven-game series. You can you can bounce back. you got multiple opportunities to either take yourself out of a series or get yourself back into a series. Football is one game. You know, it's uh, the Super Bowl, I should say, not football. Super Bowl is one game. And when it's played at its best – by two teams, you know, to me, I've always looked at it as a, it's a great, it's a chess match, you know? And you have to know how to attack, and you have to know how to defend, and you have to know how to react and change your your, your position players, whatever you got to do to react to how the other guy's playing, which is the way chess is played as, as well. So you sit right. back here, and, and, you know, you had the commentary of, oh, just wait, you know, the Chiefs, they've done this before, they let the team get ahead, they're going to come back, they're going to come back. The beautiful thing that the Buccaneers did, first of all, their their defense won that game. They were absolutely just phenomenal. Their front line was just incredible, and it was just beautiful to watch. And in one game in football, no matter, you know, and you look at the ups and downs that Tampa Bay went through through the season, the, the loss, the pressure on Brady and everything else. And, and, you know, you take him and you have him and Gronk, right? And And then the obvious happens in this game. Gronk and Brady just bring up the old magic yep. that they've been doing for years. It's like, well, how did the Chiefs not prepare for that? Now, you can talk yep. about their cockiness and everything else. Yep. They but, set the know, record, by the way. Brady and Gronk yeah. now have 15 touchdown receptions between the two of them. That's the most by a quarterback and a receiver in the Super Bowl. 15 Phenomenal. total. Absolutely. And, and yep. you know, the, the Chiefs, they're an experienced team. They just won the Super Bowl. They know what it takes to play in this game. They know what it takes to get. Yep. The Reed is a guy, man, he's, you know how hard it is to get in there. I was... You know, there's a lot of personal stuff that happened. There's a lot of bad luck that happened around the Chiefs here this this last couple of weeks uh, leading up to this game. And, you know, these guys are human, and especially Reed, which yep. what happened personally in his family. And God help those families that are affected by it and that kid and, and hope they pull through. Both. Anything. I mean, two of his three sons have been oh. the one who's, who's deceased now. And now it's, you know, Garrett and Reed. 
it's just tragic. I mean, what, what, what Reed has gone through with his family and the fact that he can coach and he has his head in the game and he's so upbeat and positive, it's just it's, – it's amazing to me. I mean, both these coaches are so likable and so impressive. But what Andy Reed has gone through and he still manages to, to perform and be a professional and be so upbeat, I just – I can't even fathom – how much inner strength it takes to do that. Well, there's a, there's a lot of years. There's a history there of him as an individual. You know, you were yeah. an individual amongst your family and your friends, and you, you have your own success, and then you work very hard, and you work through troubled times and stuff. And, and as tragic as events may be or distracting as events may be, you know, to be successful in anything, you have to plow through that and, and stay yep. uh, fixated on your talent or whatever it is. But anyway, it's one game. You know, credit to uh, Arian there and the, and the whole coaching staff, which is a phenomenal coaching staff, a diverse yep. coaching staff. And they got behind Brady there and Gronk, and they used every asset on their team to smother the Chiefs. Uh, they didn't take bad penalties. They just played smart, good football. They deserve the win. They deserve the game. They deserve all the accolades and only success that come from it. And bravo to Brady. He's going to come back. And we joked about this in one of our first two or three shows. We were talking about Carton. And, like, until you knock this guy off the mountain, right. he's still the best. You, you know? know what? They they lost to the Chiefs in November, the Bucks, and they haven't lost since. They're still waiting for their next loss since that loss to the Chiefs. You know? it's 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 This is what he does. The difference between this year's Tampa Bay team and last year's, they dumped Jameis Winston, brought in Tom Brady. They went through – and remember what I said. It, it takes a while for a team to gel. Usually you have an offseason, training camp, mini camp, et cetera. They didn't have any of this time. They were 7-5 and five at one point. They'd lost to the, to, the, to the Chiefs, and people thought, well, maybe next year. But they started to come together and build that chemistry and gel just at the right time end of the season into the playoffs. And that's why next year they're not the favorites They're The chiefs are the favorites for next year, but it's still then Tampa is the second favorite. They're going to have a, this year, obviously they're going to, everyone's coming back. Brady's coming back. Gronk's coming back. They're going to, they have nobody who's really on the block. Levante David's on the block maybe as a free agent, but he might come back. Even so they're going to have a whole off season together to build on what they've already started building. And I would not be surprised to see them once again competing, if not in the Super Bowl. And as for Patrick Mahomes, who suffered the worst loss of his career, look, Brady is, is, is the best of all time. But if you're building an NFL team and you said, which quarterback do you want to start your team with Mahomes or Brady? It's still Mahomes by a long shot, but if you're in the playoffs, you need one of these guys yeah. to win you a game when it counts the most. You're still taking Brady at 43. Yeah. 43. And, he, and all the talk of, you know, he looked terrible in his last year in New England, which he did. And it's over for him. He can't throw the ball. He can't move. He's done. He's done. He's done. I didn't – I that Tom Brady must have left town because this Tom Brady, this season, one of his he best found seasons. found new inspiration. It's one of his best seasons. And, and he looks at guys like Drew Brees – and Ben Roethlisberger, who are, you know, getting, you know, Breeze is 40, Roethlisberger's almost 40. They're done. They can't throw the ball five or ten yards anymore. And Brady can. So, again, Mahomes, worst lost, he'll get over it, he'll be back. He's the face of the league. But if I'm picking one guy to win a playoff game right now of the quarterbacks available, it's Tom Brady. Absolutely. It's, you know? 
And one last thing, so. again, getting back, like I said, it's 31-9, get back to the chess game thing. Because even if it wasn't the exciting game that you, you, you wanted in terms of both teams down to the wire and all that other stuff, you know, for right. me, you can fold your arms and sit back and go, more than anything, you, can, you have to respect the performance of the Bucks. Yep. And usually at the end of the day, especially for uh, any team who, who's won the Super Bowl by two to three touchdowns, they've just masterfully just played one game the right way. Yep. And that's what it's all about. And that is the beauty of the Super Bowl. Um, yep. That no matter how the result ends up, it's usually it's got all the components of, of there's a reason it, it, the, the outcome came that way. So and again, tip my hat to uh, the Bucks, and and you're right. You know, Mahomes is young, Chiefs are young, they'll be okay. There's nobody yeah. gonna stop them in the AFC anyway for the next 15 years anyway. So, uh, and and okay. you know, the great thing, it's the only sport that their championship game is a one gamer. Yeah, that's it's the best saying. of one. That's it. You know, as I was watching Did you not the hear me before, will you ignore no, me? Saying, yes, that's what I'm saying. I am serious. NBA, NHL, MLB. This is the one game. You, you right. what were you doing? I didn't. I was I'm looking at you. I didn't you. see you leave the room. Hello, I was agreeing with oh, you. Oh, I see what you're doing. You're jumping on my thunder. Okay, go ahead. Yes. Anyway, like I was saying, I was watching the post-game shows and, you know, doom scrolling through Twitter uh, to see the reaction of both the general public and the, the so-called football experts. Look, people are going to want to hang another asterisk on this victory because of the refs, because the Chiefs are missing their starting tackles, ah. Schwartz and Fisher because of COVID. Look, those people are dopes. People need to stop trying to minimize these wins for Brady. I realize it's only seven. He's only been to 10 of these, so it's a small sample size. He has won seven more as an individual than any team has won Super Bowls. There is this Eli that he didn't yeah. win nine. There is this cottage industry of Brady deniers that every Super Bowl appearance is somehow tainted. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. Thank goodness they actually play the games to determine a winner. They don't just say, well, you look like the better team on paper. Here's the Lombardi. Because he, whatever, however he gets to the Super Bowl, he wins it 70% of the time. So I wish those people would go away. The other thing, the other observation I had is people are lauding the NFL and saying, look, you made it. You got through the COVID wilderness without losing a single game, without, thank goodness, no tragedies. People, A couple of people got sick, but nobody you know, was severely, uh, uh, severely impaired by COVID. But I'm curious, though, because you know me. I'm a skeptic and a yes. cynic. Every sport, MLB, NBA, NHL, struggled and still struggles – with player outbreaks, postponing, or indoor canceling games. Yet the NFL, with more close contact than any other sport, with the biggest traveling party, 53 players, a bunch of coaches, everybody else, than any sport, had very few COVID cases. So either the NFL does a, the best job of preparing for COVID and guarding against transmission, or someone's not being forthcoming with the results. I fear there is little transparency here, that someone's thumb is on the scale. Because the fact that they made it all the way through with nothing, no outbreaks, no derailments, no nothing. I mean, yes, they had some postponements. They had to move games around the board. They had a couple outbreaks here and there, but nothing like we've seen with baseball, with basketball, with hockey. In a sport where every play, you've got you know people mashing up against each other. Every snap, you've got five guys and four guys ramming into each other you know, as they try to block and, 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 and break through the line. And nothing. 
So I, I hope they've been transparent about these COVID results, but just, Don't it worry seems, about it, Rob. it seems over. fishy. It's over. It's, it's just, it's like I know it's just, it seems fishy. The I feel like it's all someone's going to, someone's going to write a book that said, Hey, I had COVID and the NFL, the NFL told me to, to put a sock in it. Then that's fine. So everybody got paid. Everybody won. So anyway, so uh, congratulations to Bucks. Now yes. we obviously let's we got to get a couple of thoughts on. Uh, I know you want to break down uh, every song that the weekend played at the halftime, and I know you have your favorite call of the uh, the night. So we want to get to those. Yes, um, I will just say the refs stop bitching about the refs. The calls were good; they were fine. Go away. Thank they you. didn't win because of the refs. I agree. The ratings: ninety-six million people watched the Super Bowl. Yawn. It's another super highly rated. Well, where does that rank against uh, other ones? Uh, the biggest one was 2015 when New England, the New England Seattle Marshawn Lynch didn't get the ball game. 114.4 million is the biggest. Good, I'm glad that uh, many people Kansas City let on mistake. Thank you. Thank it you was much. it was the biggest in Kansas City, uh, followed by Boston. Actually, the Boston area was the second most watched, or second the area with the most second most viewers. TB's got and some fans up there. Tampa was third, obviously. Um, I thought the pregame, by the way, with her, her performance, H-E-R, Fantastic. Uh, was fabulous. Even though it wasn't live, it was clearly dubbed in. It was okay. fabulous. The Eric Church, Jasmine Sullivan anthem. Phenomenal. At least the beginning was the bluesy sort of feel to the anthem was good. I kinda, it went off the rails at the end for me. Nah, but, you know what, man? See, I got to, you know, the, the vocal performance, that, that yeah. arrangement was fantastic, so... Nothing but high right. fives. When I heard the opening strands, the opening guitar chords, and I was like, oh, this is nice. I like this. Now, look, is it Marvin Gaye at the 1982 All-Star Game singing the National Anthem? No, but nothing will ever be like that. But this was good. I mean, usually the anthem, I'm, I, I kind of cover my ears because they just take it in direction that it shouldn't be taken. This one at least was respectful, but I'd, I've never heard that interpretation before. Again, I thought at the end it kind of went off the rails, but for the most part, which I is, was okay. Which with is it. great. It was that's. Yeah, I was, I was kind of grooving. It was something it. different. It was a great duet, and it was, like I said, I, I'm a vocalist musician, and I thought the arrangement and the performance was just that they knocked it out of the park. It was one of the best ones in all sports, at any game, at any event. And, and I don't. In fact, uh, you know, that's the one we're going to play before every Honcho show. Actually, if you really want to hear what I think is the greatest anthem ever, and it's not. Whitney Houston before the Super Bowl in 91. If you go back on YouTube, if you go to the 1991 NHL All-Star Game at the old Chicago Stadium, which was right after Operation oh, Desert Storm began. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah. They had, I don't. I forget the guy's name, but the, the guy who usually does the national anthem. I remember. You could, well, not, you could not hear the anthem because the crowd was yep. so loud, the, the, the cheering, the singing. I've seen it a thousand times. It gives me the chills every time. You know what? That's just, the one we're going to play before every yeah, sports. Yeah, that's the sure. one. That's the one we should play because that one. I, I again, cool, I've never heard anything like that. You know what? Great memory. I'm getting chills now thinking about. That. I just, I, it's unbelievable to me. Anyway, the halftime show. I know a lot of people poo pooed the halftime show. You're I, already, I thought, you're already spending too much time on the halftime show. I, I thought it was fine. My here's my one wish for the halftime show. Instead of doing a medley of songs. Do one or two in their in their entirety. Do your biggest hit, another big hit, boom, done, goodbye. What's your That's take it. on the weekend having seven million dollars of his own money to put into the production? 
I think, you know, if you can't, if the, if the NFL can't do it, why He's not? Breaking all kinds of musician rules there. You don't pay the hosts. Anything. Well, you know, the, if you, <laughs> the NFL is notorious though, for when they get these, uh, when they, their thing is, they don't get paid. It's, it's an, it's an honor to be the halftime it's performer. It's an exposure gig. I know yeah. that. So, you know, no cost to the league. So it's not like he would do this for anyone. I guess the NFL is like, look, million this, is, dollars. What, this what, is what we do. What would you yeah. do with $7 million? I wouldn't put on a halftime show at the Super Bowl. That's for sure. Go. That's that's the answer I'm looking for, pal. So should we get to the call of the night? Yes, I would love to hear the call of the night. Fourth quarter. This is Kevin Harlan, national treasure, radio voice of the Super Bowl this year on Westwood One. There was a streaker. It ran out onto the field in the fourth quarter, and I will let Kevin Harlan take it from here. 5.03 to go. Someone has run on the field. Some guy with a brawl. And now he's not being chased. He's running down the middle of the 40. Arms in the air and a victory salute. He's pulling down his pants. Put up your pants, my man. Pull up those pants. He's being chased to the 30. He breaks a tackle from a security guard. The 20, down the middle, the 10, the 5. He slides at the 1, and they converge on him at the goal line. Pull up your pants, take off the bra, and be a man. And the players with hands on hips at the other end of the field are looking at him and shaking their head and saying, why, oh, why? Is this taking place in a Super Bowl? And I would say the best part about that is how Same he goes. He's at the, the 30. Capital, he's guess, at huh? the 20. He's at the 10. He was calling it like he was an actual player. CBS, in, to their credit, gave this this guy no exposure. You saw a little bit, like when he first ran the field, then they cut away and showed the players. And they showed Tom Brady. Tom Brady looked like he was going to go out there and just punch that guy's lights out. He's like, we're on a roll. What are you doing? <laughs> Don't give the chiefs any time to rest and re and regroup. Um, they smartly did not give him what he really wanted, which was, you know, national exposure, but that Kevin Harlan call again, that's Fantastic. why Kevin Harlan's the best. It was awesome. Yeah. It was Just calling it like, like it was a play in the super bowl. It was awesome. But so. along with the, the capital, um, this guy running across the field and <laughs> the recent report that the, uh, Marine Corps is missing ammunition. Um, I'm kind of concerned a little bit. I don't. I don't see how this guy gets. I mean, the Super Bowl. Nobody's supposed to be allowed to run. No, unless, I don't know how that happens unless he's either. a nephew in the NFL and it was part of the ratings. I don't know. I don't concerned. know either, but but hey, the Marine Corps got, is missing munitions. Just want everybody to know that. Okay. I don't have it. Look it up. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's not here at my house. I promise. Good. Uh, great call. Awesome stuff. Yeah. One moment. You got to make the best out of it. You know. When you get yep, and that's crazy. what he did, and and I'm sure. But I think he's he's gotten some flack, by the way, about the whole you know pull up your pants and be a man. But you know what? People will complain about anything. He probably wasn't I, manscaped. I think that was his concern. No, it sure wasn't. But I will tell you that Rome, Nance and Romo did an okay job. That was the call of the night. Love it, man. Clearly, Love hands it. down. Um, commercials this year. A fave? Uh, they were okay. I, I, my, I loved the Drake from State Farm commercial. Fantastic. Um, they pulled out the guy, the cheesehead guy from the old State Farm commercials from years ago. And I love anything Paul Rudd's in. Yeah. Um, the Wayne's World, because I love nostalgia. That was a good ad. Very Man, he good. Some, I, he, he got some face work done there. He sure did. Boy, they're oh, old. Oh, my Lord. Um, I, I, 
Myers, I like I like the 3D Doritos ad with Matthew McConaughey only because it was not him doing one of these pretentious, obnoxious look at me Buick ads. I like the ad. Not Buick. It was him oh, trying yeah. to be funny. Is it Buick? I think it's Buick. It's Lincoln. It's primarily Lincoln. Lincoln. Yeah, Lincoln. Um, the 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 Jason Alexander sweatshirt ad was kind of was kind that of was cool. Good. The the T Mobile ad with with Blake Shelton. And Gwen Stefani, that was good. There's an no, ad, by the way. I don't like. I'm having enough of those two guys with the, the voice. I've had enough. There's no a more. T-Mobile ad with Gronk and Brady along the same lines as the Stefani, Blake Shelton. No, they're not in a dating service. But this whole idea of your phone cracks up and you can't get the full message. Apparently, the NFL would not let them would not let T-Mobile run that ad for reasons that are still unknown to me. But you should look it up when you have a chance. Uh, Tom Brady, Gronkowski, T-Mobile Super Bowl ad. It's very funny. I wish they had run it. Um, the Will Ferrell ad eh, was okay. Anything Will Ferrell you know, I like. I liked, I liked the end of it where he gets out of the car right, and he says – actually, what does he – he goes, this is, is – this, oh, he goes – he says he thinks that it's Norway and it's really Sweden. Yes. That part was okay. Um, you know, otherwise, Look, you know, there, Will there were Farrell, a lot of misses. Will Ferrell is on this planet to make us smile. Okay, so at that time, those yes. Kansas City Chiefs fans that were feeling down for just a, right. a few minutes there, they got a chance to smile because Will Ferrell's on the oh, screen. The the Budweiser legends that was fantastic. They were fantastic. Doctor Galakowicz and Doctor Galakowicz. Yes, the Bud Light Knight. Um, Gally Week. The guy, the I Love You Man. They got all the characters from years of Bud Light ads. And the that Bud was Light just, voice guy, he was awesome. Yeah, it was great. Is this? He goes, this is all I do is sing. Yeah. <laughs> and then at the end, he was singing in the convenience store. It was fantastic. Brilliant. Uh, the Alexa ad with Michael B. Jordan made me very uncomfortable. Uh, you know, with her in the tub with Michael B. Jordan. It was all very awkward. The oat milk commercial, which was intentionally bad. Yeah, try some of that. Mission accomplished. The Celebrity Doubles, I don't know what that was for with Don Cheadle. Uh, that was a pretty good ad, and the guy doing the Christopher Walken impersonation. Yes, so excellent. there were some good ones. There were a lot of bad ones, you know, the ones that were so treacly and reminding it us of It was a grand night of entertainment times. all around. Yeah. You got a good game, good storylines, and you got some good commercials during some, some tough times here. And right. 96 million people watched right. it, along with me and you. And everybody yep. else. We were all together one night, united. Isn't that great? We were. Good stuff. That was fantastic. Fantastic. So, so until next year, you okay? Yeah, I'll be okay. I'll, listen, yeah. there's going to be NFL stories, not to worry. Don't okay. you worry about a thing, my we'll friend. We'll see. But right now. Yes, that's right. And I, I just lost. Hold on, folks. I got Sorry. this. The Sorry. It's going to have my I, dope I of was, the week moment there. I was totally unprepared. Sorry. Now let's try that again. Oh, hey, everybody. 18, 18 shows in and you're unprepared Sorry. for the dope of the I, week. I, I chucked a vital Mr. part Blundell, of the dope I of the week. Mr. I hope you're not listening. I chucked a vital part of the dope of the week presentation over my shoulder. But we're back now. Okay. Uh, hey, everyone, you know, the Gags Gang and I spend countless hours each week in the basement of the Ghost Sports Media Complex to come up with each week's winner. And you can 
for absolutely no reward save for our undying respect and gratitude. Help pilot the show by nominating your own Dope of the Week. Please to be using the hashtag DOTW on Twitter, at Cuthbert Live, at Bitter and Rage, at Sports Honchos, at Go Sports Media. And who will be carrying the mythical Sports Honchos Dope of the Week cup around the ice rink of shame this week? Well, before we get to today's winner, we do have an honorable mention for the first time in our short but illustrious history. An honorable mention to the Washington Post headline writer for the absolute hatchet job on former Wolfskins coach Marty Schottenheimer, who passed away on Tuesday from complications due to Alzheimer's. He was 77, and the headline reads as follows. This is from my own hometown Washington Post. Marty Schottenheimer, NFL coach whose teams wilted in the postseason, dies at 77. That's just wrong. So of all all the things they could have said about Coach Schottenheimer – uh, anything would have been better than if that. If I, I think, had a subscription to Waypo, I would cancel it. Yeah, but I, I don't. Think, I think they changed it for their online version Bunch after all the complaints. Love Marty. But that's the, that's the honorable mention. I just could not go without mentioning that. Right on, but brother. I'm with you. This week's winner, in keeping with the Super Bowl theme, Michael Donaldson, NFL reporter. Why so little detail on his job? More on that in a moment. Way to go, Michael! So Sunday night after the Super Bowl, Bucks offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich held his post-game press conference. Donaldson, about whom I could find no information, no social media, no newspaper, radio, or television presence or affiliation, nothing. So this could be a fake name or God help us a plant. Anyway, he decided to ask Leftwich a question about his game plan, and let's listen to the exchange right now. Shut Mahomes down. Shut that high-powered offensive down. What was your guys' number one goal going into that game? We shut Pat Mahomes down. I think you got the wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> I had nothing to do with that. That was Todd. That was <laughs> so, so good question, Donaldson. Just Wouldn't once... it have been great if he said, hey, what a dope. Yeah. You're going to be the dope of the week. Uh, one small problem, Leftwich is the offensive coordinator. He is not Todd Bowles, who is the defensive coordinator. The question was for Bowles. Now, normally we could shrug off this mistake if Donaldson was talking to Leftwich on the phone or if Donaldson was blind. Unfortunately for Donaldson, he was not talking on the phone and he is not blind. He was asking questions on Zoom or some other Zoom-type platform. He could see to whom he was speaking. Look, this is not a I forgot to unmute myself or I was pleasuring myself and forgot to turn my camera off kind of mistake. This was in a class by itself. What makes this situation so deliciously awkward is that both Leftwich and Bowles are black, which naturally had many pundits and mouth-breathing knuckle-draggers on social media to heed the siren call of racism. Now, I am not here to point the manicured finger of cancellation at one Michael Donaldson, but I do think it is not too much to ask to know the difference between two men who have different names and look nothing alike before you ask your question, especially when you are on the biggest fucking stage on the planet. I mean, for heaven's sake, Leftwich and Bowles look less alike than DeVito and Schwarzenegger from Twins. Donaldson is probably the same guy who thinks every black actor in every movie he has seen is Samuel L. Jackson. Now, all credit to Leftwich, who handled the situation beautifully and tried to diffuse the uncomfortable energy with laughter. 
He did not call out Donaldson, nor did he give him give in to the impulse to make the joke we were all expecting. If there is a bright side here for Donaldson, it is this. He can always restrict future questions for the Bucks coaching staff to just head coach Bruce Arians. After all, Arians is the only white coach on that staff. It'll be less confusing for him. So, Michael Donaldson for saying the NFL's quest for diversity and equality back 25 years, for reminding all of us that a little homework goes a long way, and for being so bad on Zoom that even Jeffrey Tubin is laughing at you, you are the Sports Honcho's Dope of the Week. Congrats, Michael. The Way certificate go, is in the mail. Way to go, buddy. If that is your real name. If that is your real name. That's true, yeah. man. What a spectacle. Just As again, it's only the biggest stage in the world. You'd think you'd get it right. You know, these, these guys, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't get it. Nope. I don't, uh, how do you get that gig? How do you get credentials? That's what I want to know. I feel like, like it's going to come know, out that it was a barstool plant or something. Yeah. Uh, you know, bar, don't, you know, barstool, they've got standards, even though they don't have standards. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but, um, you know, I know how hard it is to get credentials, okay? And No, it is. And I just, I just don't get it, you know. So ultimately, Rob, who do you think's to blame at the end of the day for this, for this, the screw up? Yeah, I think is it's it the, the reporter who hired him, or the NFL for letting him give them the credentials. Oh, well, I don't think the I, I, since I know nothing about this guy, he may very well be a a credentialed, respectable, you know, NFL reporter. And if he isn't, he obviously did something to swing one by the, uh, the the gatekeepers of the NFL. So I don't know who to blame. I, I blame him because you have to know who Todd Bowles and who Byron. First of all, those guys, their faces have been all over the news the last two weeks because people were saying between those two and Eric Bieniemy, look out for these assistant coaches. Let's see how they do in the Super Bowl. Hopefully this means this is a springboard to head coaching jobs, you know, for bowls, another chance in the NFL, it's hard to confuse them. Was he a stand-in? Was this the guy who, like, you know, maybe is an assistant and they handed him a clipboard at the last second? I got to go run to the bathroom. I need you to ask these guys a couple questions. Possibly, but you think it's Michael Donaldson. I know. We're trying to make make excuses for this guy. I just think he's a dope. Maybe he had too much to drink during the game. Maybe he had too much oat milk. During the game, and he was queasy. Oh, 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 Who I knows? Try. I want to try that shit. I want to try that old milk shit, man. Ugh. I like milk a little too much. Too Yucko. Much. Well, congratulations to Mike. Uh, last thing we just want to say before we say goodbye is uh, just because we're in the industry here a little bit, and here we are trying to make our way. And the Bell Media layoffs up north there with our friends, where uh, Dean Blundell and all those guys hang out with, uh, there was huge layoffs uh, yesterday. And they just kind of fired everybody while they were on, on air, which is kind of possible, which could happen to us at Sports Media. Go uh, Sports Media Company here, too. We, we just, you know, the pull, plug could be pulled at any time. But it's usually not done that way. But in the end there, um, we just, uh, it's, a, it's a tough story. Uh, and unfortunately, terrestrial radio and just media uh, itself, whether it's, uh, you know, we all know guys now that have lost jobs writing. Uh, it's so yep. hard to just to keep keep work here and uh you just feel bad for all those guys up there so we just want to to uh, recognize those guys and gals who all got fired and all from hosts to technicians to producers uh marketers everybody in the industry up there just got crushed and laid off by bell yep. and uh it's unfortunate to hear 
And this is the point now where Paul looks at me and goes, and you're fired too. <laughs> no. There'll be a new Han show next week. I like it's, doing I mean, the, this. I like doing the this Paul and, you, Rob. The Paul and Paul show. <laughs> buddy, we're on the Dean Blundell Network, buddy. We're yeah. hanging out with some of the coolest podcasts in North America. North America. North America? What the hell is North that? America, my favorite wow. country. That's podcasts in North America. <laughs> That's what North America is. Look, it's late. We, we, we've given you an extra uh, Whoa, some bonus show tonight. Yeah, it is so a bonus You'll forgive us. Here, You'll forgive us for being a little out there. It's okay. <laughs> so, look, yeah. again, we do. We want to thank uh, Dean Blundell, uh, Chris, the whole crew up there. And uh, this is our first night, and we're excited about it and look forward to it. Uh, go to DeanBlundell.net. Check out all the other podcasts. We're really proud to be part of the family and looking forward to the future as we roll on here. Also, Manscaped. Sponsors here. Thank you so very much. And, and and Rob, before we go, I just want to wish you and Grace a very happy and safe Valentine's Day. Thank you. And I wish the same for you and Mrs. Cuthbert. Whatever the mystery activity you'll be doing. None of your business. Right. The none of your business Valentine's Day. All right. So for yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert and the great Mr. Robert Cuny, it's time to say goodnight. Say toodaloo to the folks there, Mr. Cuny. Have a great Valentine's Day, everybody. Remember, be safe. And all that Michigas. And uh, thanks for listening, supporting us, subscribing us, and peace. Honcho's out! See you next week! <laughs> <laughs>